0: Everybody. welcome to Street Fight Radio. I hope you're having a great Sunday night. It's time for Street Fight Call-In Show. The number to dial to talk to us is 614-655-3887. We want to hear about your work, your organizing, your DARE officer, and any other thing you think we would like to hear. That's what we're here for. We're taking calls from 9 p.m. to midnight, Eastern Standard Time, every single Sunday night here at Street Fight Radio. And then Wednesdays, you can tune in to our regular basement show where it's just Brian and I looking at crazy media talking about the, the news and uh, mostly just talking about how bad our day was so tune in for that subscribe on all the podcasting apps that you can rate and review that does help us out and if you've got an extra few dollars to kick towards us to help us keep this thing rolling patreon.com street Fight radio is the place for that thank you for being here everybody
1: oh you're welcome Anytime, you know, anytime you need me to do a podcast, I'm
0: here. Glad to have you.
2: Oh, thank
0: you so much. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm pretty worn out. Uh, it, was a, it was a crazy weekend.
1: Yeah, we're both pretty tired tonight, that I will say. But generally within an hour of the beginning of the show, I wake up. So we will have that to yeah. look forward to.
0: Yeah, I, I feel, I'm, I'll probably feel the same.
1: Yeah, you just end up on some weird upswing, especially when you're not performing live. Like when you're performing live regularly, it's hard to get up for the podcast. But when it's been over a year since you've been on stage, this is stage. Yeah.
0: So it'll, I'll, I'll, my adrenaline will kick in at some point. Yeah. Yesterday I, um, I have these shrimp chocolate bars that I make. And I started going on a walk and I took one bite. And then after like 10 or 15 minutes, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I took the second one and then I finally ate all of it. And I walked around for like three hours. I did 20,000 steps.
1: That is like a, 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 you know, a little less than half of one of my walks. So that is a walk. It was huge. That's a real one.
0: Yeah, it was a lot. And I was having a ton of fun, had my headphones on. I was singing really loud in the middle of residential neighborhoods and, uh, It was wonderful, but I was so fucking tired when I got home, Uh, and then I rushed to do something else, and I just am real far behind, so I'm going to sleep like a brick tonight.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty tired myself, you know. I do have to say I almost overdrew the bank account today. First time in well over a year, and, uh, you know, it's not my fault this time. I I said don't hey don't go to the grocery store till I g- let you know I got paid. But also Brett doesn't have internet because he's been trying to get internet for 6 weeks now and uh, was not able to pay yet. So my wife went against my judgment came 14 dollars away. Woo! 14 dollars away Shoo. from those overdraft fees and I was like, "Who buddy?" Woo! You got lucky there. I mean, I think my worst nightmare for her is to have the card declined. That's, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. It's, but I don't think that can happen anymore with my bank unless it already went over. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like, if you spent money and it went over and then you tried to swipe again, it would decline you. But it might not even do that because they love those fees, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're
0: looking for fees.
1: Yeah. They want fees. Them boys want them fees.
0: Yeah, I am thinking about calling the internet one last time because I got my bill before I got my internet. I well, already have a bill.
1: I, You were telling me about this earlier, and I have to let you know that internet is not like electricity. It is not use-based, and they charge you before your internet service. You, you see it. what I'm saying? It's not after it's before a lot of people don't know that, and uh, it's not really useful information, but it is like they they are charging you before you they're charging you for the month you're about to use rather than the month you just used.
0: Right. And I can't use it. Though. Yeah.
1: they They shouldn't be able to charge you until you're they shouldn't be able to charge you until you're on the Internet. Right. You know? So I I agree with you. I'm just telling you. that That's probably what they're going to say to you. But also, you know, they'll probably give you a credit, you know? Are you, like, getting TV? No. Wow. Why would I get TV? I don't know. I've been thinking about getting TV lately.
0: YouTube TV is TV. It is. It is. I guess it is. What are you missing?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I just keep thinking, like, should I get TV again? I think I just hear people talk about having TV on the radio. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind having TV again. But I really don't need it. And I would never use it. You That's wanna... the other thing. I don't even watch that much TV. You want to endlessly scroll through, like, syndicated
0: sitcoms or something? True. True. No, I don't want TV.
1: I just... It's sometimes, like, they tempt you. They send you, like deals they're like hey here's a fucking deal for tv and you're like oh that is a deal for tv and then you're like but i don't need tv like i have all the tv i could ever i don't think there's any more tv i need i need stars okay if you want to send me your stars password uh out there you will have gotten me everything i've ever wanted i believe I, i because there's nothing else i have showtime i have hbo hulu netflix youtube tv uh several
0: podcasts (laughs) like i just everything i bet i i i uh well there's always something you don't have that you can want if you want to feel like you're missing out and it's it's also funny
1: because stars sucks like what would i ever do with stars yeah has anybody ever wanted star you could watch daddy daycare maybe Yeah people like stars when they don't have stars That's the greatest the the shit the thing that the cable companies had on you back in the day that was that like you could scroll through the guide and like I, I think most people when they got cable they they got a premium channel They're like I want a premium you know what usually HBO It's most of the time HBO generally create psycho if you get anything else other like if you got showtime without hbo or cinemax without hbo you usually get hbo but uh what i would do is i would be scrolling through when i was working for the company i had all the channels and i'm like these poor suckers don't even have the t t the movie channel you know what i mean or encore westerns (laughs) (laughs) encore western who doesn't have that Just everybody, most people. Um, If you work for the cable company, you get everything, plus half off on pay-per-views. Got it. So
0: Riku2K13 in the chat says, they're a freak family that has stars, but not HBO. That's freaky. That's scary that you're out there. That's scary.
1: Yeah, it's scary. What are you doing with stars? Watching American Gods, maybe. Or that 50 Cent show, which I've thought about watching the 50 Cent show, to tell you the truth. 50 Cent has a TV show on stars. Yeah. Where he's like, it's called Power? Yeah, it's been around. Yeah. It sounds good. People seem to like it. I'll probably get to it eventually. I get to everything. You know, I got to get done with Billions first before I can learn what Power is.
0: Is Billions over?
1: Oh, no. I'm only in halfway through season two, and there's five so far and one coming out. So, I got a lot of Billions. Yeah. Which is nice. Uh, I wanted to tell you, though... Every so recently, he was going into a very high-powered. Neg- oh no! What it was was he was being deposed about some shit. He had to do a deposition, uh-huh. and the way that he got amped up for the deposition was listening to Megadeth and putting on his favorite Megadeth t-shirt. And then he showed up at the deposition in a Megadeth t-shirt.
0: Oh hell yeah!
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's
0: trying, to, like the, they're <laughs> trying to ruin thrash metal.
1: <laughs> well, that's their big thing. Is like this guy is a fucking. Yeah, he's a hedge fund guy, but he he came up. Like he came up, he started from nothing. Right hence he likes metallica and rainbow and Megadeth and stuff like that like that that's kind of what they're getting at with the show is that like you know a regular hedge fund guy that inherited his money he probably listens to like what beethoven's fifth or some some shit like that yeah you know what i mean yeah this guy doesn't do that this guy you know he's into heavy metal and it's very it's it's a uh uh calculated choice i feel like when i when i saw it i was just like but they i i don't think that this show is intended to make billionaires look cool or good or bad well no it's intended to make them look cool but not good you know what i mean like they're they're scuzzy in the show but you know not cool they're not cool dudes i mean again you know it's just i don't i just don't have anything else to do at night right i gotta watch a show because what if I tried to watch a movie? This is why I do shows. Because if I had to look for movies every night, that would be stressful. Because it's like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie. What movie am I going to watch? And then I just scroll through looking for movies all night. This has something loaded up in a clip every every time okay. I sit down. You yeah, know. So yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad we got through your TV habits here.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I do. Um, so you took a good walk. It was a little chilly yesterday uh-huh. for a good walk.
0: Yeah, it was perfect weather. Yeah, it was good. You heated up. It was kind of, it wasn't hot. It wasn't sweltering.
1: I didn't get to take one yesterday because I was at the in-laws. Um, I saw a few interesting things there. A uh Trump 2024 sticker. Oh. Which is really ambitious and got me thinking. These guys love him. Like, God, I'm trying to, like, I was, like, thinking, like, a rock star. Yeah. Like, like, like a rock star that they've loved their whole life. Like, the way that, like, a person would get about, like, some somebody that, like, was there when Black Sabbath released their first album and they heard it and they, like, discovered it and then, like, followed Black Sabbath through the whole career and Ozzy. They would love Ozzy. They just they have this unreasonable kind of love for Ozzy, right? And this guy pulls up. He's got a truck with a Trump twenty twenty four sticker, one of those magnetic ribbons that's Trump something. Okay, which I find magnetic ribbons to be cowardly. You you're gonna put a sticker on your car. You don't do a magnet, okay? I just think that's cowardly. You know, if you're gonna make it, you can't. Do, you don't want to just so anyway. That's true.
0: It's not a permanent statement.
1: Yep. Then. He walks in with a t-shirt, and I thought it was a pink Floyd The Wall t-shirt, but it said, Donald Trump, build the wall.
0: Oh, no. And was it stylized like an album cover? hmm Like the wall. It was looked like the wall. Exactly like the wall.
1: And I just was like, I'm not trying to say, this is not, I, I don't want people to take this the wrong way, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I said it to Katie and- Gwen and, and Rachel in the car, I said, I fully believe that if Trump asked that guy to blow him, he would do it. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I don't like to make jokes like that and shit, but I just, as soon as I saw how much like Trump shit he had around, I was just like, I think he's in love with Donald Trump. Like, I think he loves
0: him. Yo, oh, yeah. You know I what I mean? Yeah, romantically. Yes, or in a he, he way, has, he has a crush. He has a real big crush. Exactly, in a way
1: that I could never understand as a uh, politician, like looking at a politician. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? I could never look at a guy that was president and and or or a woman or a non-binary anybody that was president and and be that in love with them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Every it other... looks bad. It looks. You look bad. You look like a crazy person. I exactly, dude. You're worshiping another. You're worshiping something. You're like a fucking guy that wears a different Metallica shirt every day, like a like million. as a statement. Yeah, but no, I'm saying every day as a statement, where you're like, That's oh it. man, you know, you, you're the guy at work that wears a Metallica shirt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and it's just a different one every day, and everybody is like. Your whole image at work is like tied up into how much you like Metallica and like you're always quoting Metallica songs and stickers and everybody is just like, he's the Metallica guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a
0: Trump guy like that. Like that is sad to me. That made me sad to see. I bet he feels bad for you. What? I bet he feels bad for you too. I don't know. I guess also found out that my in-laws
1: have a Trump bumper sticker on their headboard
0: <laughs> no no I, 16 year olds 50, you can't put stickers on the damn furniture I,
1: buddy I fucking am 100% with you on that I would never put a sticker on my
0: furniture okay <laughs> I'm just imagining them going to town on each other and keep rolling like I want to <laughs> be on top I want to see the sticker <laughs> <laughs> and I just, just fighting for top position. <laughs> I just
1: like pictures of Trump, like cut out of the newspaper, or like printed and then cut out like paper dolls <laughs> all over the house
0: and shit. Yeah, this would be like a criminal mindset. Really, I do feel the like level of obsession.
1: We might should take them. And have them looked at, or maybe throw them in jail or something like that, <laughs> just because I'm like worried. Or in jail. Yeah, I'm kind of just worried about them in in a way where it's like, wow, you really like, you really fucking like this guy. It's un fucking believable. I mean, they have a make America, keep America great again flag and the Trump Rambo flag flying outside of their house. Okay. So that is already like a thing. They got the stickers on the car, on the headboard, on the refrigerator, Trump quotes all over the house. And as I've said before, Trump memes in a photo album that they have that they just printed out like Trump memes and put them in a photo album. And I just have i have just i gotta fucking tell you dude i walked in there yesterday and her fucking dad was sitting in a chair watching a like nine line apparel podcast watching on youtube watching like the filming of it on like the filming of it and 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 fucking with mid-roll ads like not youtube like like the ads just come on in the middle of it and just cut it off. And he's willing to sit through those fucking ads. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's really, really mind blowing. I just, I I have never felt that I've listened. I never felt that way about anybody in my life. Nobody maybe. Okay. With a caveat here. Okay. I do love the people that I'm around. I, I love, I love my wife. I love Gwen. I love Brett. I love all these people, right? I, I truly do. But there is not a single person that I've never met that I love at all. Like I don't have any feelings for people that I've never met since I was 14 and I fell in love with Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Like that's the last time I've ever had feelings like that. So. I don't know, man. I have been, I have, I, I was blown away because it seems like it's even getting away from them now. Like it has gotten to the point where when you're framing pictures of the ex president and hanging them on your wall with your family, that's too much. That's a, that is. I love their country. You've moved way down the line, you know? So, I just... I mean, somebody in a chat asked, what do I think about stickers on laptops? Dude, I'm totally okay with stickers on everything. Dude, I don't even care if you put fucking stickers on your headboard. Just, I wouldn't expect you to put a fucking... like a politician sticker on your headboard. That's just a fucking weird place to... For a fucking 70 year old person, that's a weird way for a 70 year old to act. That's a weird fucking way for somebody celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary to be that in love with Donald fucking Trump, dude. Donald Trump of all the fucking people in this world, you know? It's Ben Franklin, it's Thomas Jefferson, and it's Donald Trump in that house. And the Ohio State Buckeyes, but now that he's more racist, he doesn't even like football anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, the racism canceled his love of football. He's uh. just like, I can't watch it. I have all these racist feelings
0: about it. I can't. <laughs> I'm just going to watch more podcasts. <laughs> uh, I wanted to say, actually, my opinion on laptops is they have to have stickers on them. I think you have to put st- your stickers on your laptop for the stuff that you like.
1: I don't have any stickers on my laptop. Yeah, you defaced it with a lap-y. fucking pen. I wrote corn rules on it. Yeah. With a Z and an exclamation point. That's the only sticker I have. But yeah, it was crazy. It it was it was wild, you know. One of my other in-laws comes rolling in there with fu- or one of my brother-in-laws comes rolling in there with a fucking snap back hat on backwards and hey that's what i'm wearing he's 50
0: (laughs) hey i'm gonna be 50 eventually too and look just like this and
1: the bill was flat
0: like totally flattened i'm gonna i'm gonna hide my hat from you now i didn't realize i created had a fashion faux pas i
1: just think once you're past like 30 you have to bend the bill of your hat no yep Hey, everybody that's listening, if you're past 30, you have to bend the bill of your head. You're
0: hat. a bad dad that takes the new hat and like wraps a coat can around it and put rubber band on. You're like, you fucking ruined it, dad.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I go like this. I For the people in the chat, I do this. So uh, I did get a video yesterday for people. <laughs>
0: nice. and I'm flat. I'm like, I'm putting mine the opposite way now. Oh, my Getting God. Get a real flat. I paid so much for this hat,
1: and I don't have a flat bill. You know what I mean? I, I As soon as I got this hat that I paid a bunch of money for, I bent the bill.
0: <laughs> you look like you b- ball What? You're playing b- baseball.
1: Yeah. Well, I also, you know, at least I don't put, like, a fish hook on it. You know how you used to put a fish hook right <laughs> oh here? Oh, my God.
0: You yeah. know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. That is, like, for dudes with dip cans in their back pocket. Yeah. Which there was a time where i was gonna start when i was really into raw denim i was gonna start carrying dip cans in my back pocket so that i could get the outline of the dip can in the back pocket like chickened out she just got bubble tape or something bubble tape would be good or or um what's that other thing uh uh the, the i like the beef jerky that like it's like pencil shavings but it's beef jerky. that oh, you're not yes. supposed to swallow.
0: Oh yeah, the little snooze, the little <laughs> beef jerky snooze. Beef Chipped snooze. Beef what, yeah, that's we see it get that all the time. Just get a get a mouthful of beef. I will say this too.
1: Uh, I took some pictures of the food yesterday.
0: Oh man, and you're post, mean.
1: Posted them on the internet. Oh no. <laughs> well, have there been memefying? First off, one. The the one thing I took a picture of, I made fun of my wife for making anyway. And she described it to you. It's called like crack sauce or something. I don't yes. really know. It's one of those cracks. Yeah, it's it, called crack
0: crack dip. Crack dip. Crack dip. <laughs> and it looks hideous. Cream cheese, sour cream, a ranch packet, cheddar cheese, bacon bits, and scallions.
1: Yes, yes. Disgust. Just uh, the most hideous it's thing in the world.
0: A baked potato without the potato, basically.
1: Right. With all the the worst stuff. And just, I hate everything. Like, because there's, in Ohio, there's about 17 recipes called crack. There's yeah. cowboy crack. There's crack fucking everything. So, then the other thing that I took a picture of was just Beef sticks? They had like, just like beef, a, like it looked like a Slim Jim cut into no, like no. more pieces. Yeah. You know, I know what it is. It's like summer sausage, oh, but it's yes. like the the worst of it. And I just took a picture of that and the the dip, and people were just like, "What in the fuck?" And I'm like, I didn't even take a picture of the other foods.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. I could have taken a picture. Some she got the whole spread. Should have made a big plate and I taken sh- a picture.
1: I, didn't eat the whole time i was actually they got insulted because i pulled um because what happened was i pulled a banana out of my backpack and just started eating it and then they were like oh you're not gonna eat anything and i was like oh no i brought cashews and i pulled cashews out of my back (laughs) just started eating. everything i ate was out of my backpack (laughs) yeah so but you know i'm i'm dieting so they understood they i said i've been dieting for two weeks and they were like how much weight have you lost (laughs)
0: yeah it takes a while so takes more than that's
1: my life man it was a wild day i i think like i also wanted to just for for a uh caller if the callers wanted to say this um or wanted to call in with this uh i'm not going to read the story because we're going to do it on wednesday night but uh one of my favorite scams that people do is say that they're a famous person to get, like, free oh, drinks yes. at hotels and shit like that. Like, there was a guy saying he was Kid Rock down in Myrtle Beach, which, I mean, they're going to give you the keys to the city in Myrtle Beach if you're Kid Rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know
2: what I mean? <laughs> like,
1: American badass. Yeah. I mean, you could get the fucking mayor on the phone <laughs> and the fucking drop of a hat, you know? Yeah. Or, um... Uh, uh, The guy, the the genius, I, I think this person should be in the Smithsonian Institute. He should have a plaque in the Smithsonian Institute. But the guy who went around saying he was Corey Taylor from Slipknot and he just got free drinks, free hotels, he got all kinds of shit. And you can't even fucking prove he's not Corey Taylor until Stone Sour came out. Right, You know what I mean? Because they were masked up. So I read a story yesterday, and we're going to talk about it on Wednesday, about uh, a guy that got busted because for eight years he's been saying he was in the Wu-Tang Clan. (laughs) And I just, when I saw, I only read the headline so far, and I have to say, fucking genius move. Because there's so many people in the Wu-Tang Clan. This guy, they said he probably really realistically made off with, I think, $250,000 and stuff. Wow. Saying he was in the Wu-Tang Clan. And it's just like, to me, I think that is a magnificent scam. I just think it's the best kind of scam that you could ever possibly do. And I would, if you're going to call in tonight, you know. Let us know it, like if maybe there's a celebrity you would like to pretend to be, or if you've ever heard of somebody, you know, pulling a scam like this. I, I'm very interested in this, and I love it. And yes, everybody in the chat right now is saying Daft Punk, and Daft Punk is a good. British. Yes, are they British?
0: They're Frenchy French.
1: They're French. Yeah. So really, I mean, but how many people know they're French?
0: You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the thing, though, is like saying in the Wu-Tang, there is a lot of members, but for anybody that likes the Wu-Tang Clan, they can say them all. So you would run into a lot of trouble. But I
1: mean, even then, though, dude, even then, Capadonna, he's not, like, necessarily in the Wu-Tang Clan. Affiliated. He's just in, like, 90% of their songs. So you could just make up a name. Sure. I mean, you could fucking seriously, dude. You could go to a hotel and say, "I'm you, God from Wu Tang Clan." And what are they really gonna fucking say?
0: Uh, we need your money to pay for the room. We don't give hotels to people just because they're famous.
1: I mean, sometimes they do though. Apparently, because this guy got free hotels, uh, free car
0: rentals, probably restaurants and shit like that. So maybe he promised to pay it later, or I don't know. I don't know why. I i I guess people like to pamper celebrities if they meet them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, for sure. I somebody just I'm I'm oh actually I can't look at this because it's YouTube. But let's uh take some calls. Let's have a somebody said say you're in TSO. That is the New World Order in the chat. Said what what about say you're in TSO?
0: I would do that. That is what's TSO. But you probably need long hair. Uh Trans Siberian Orchestra. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're not that's not a you're not a legend though. Yeah, you are. TSO are legends. Yeah. You think they can go anywhere they want and get free hotels? I think they can get free drinks.
1: And like, I think they can go anywhere they want and get their meal comped, get free drinks. They could get in a high roller suite at the uh, casino. I think if they were in Vegas, they would get treated very nicely and probably get free hotel rooms and shit. I do believe that. Because in Vegas, they throw comps around anyway. I'm sure, I'm fucking 100% sure that TSO could 100% get pretty much anything they want in Las Vegas is my belief. You know? And I think that's really where the scam works the best, is in places like Vegas, Myrtle Beach, stuff like that. Because, like, people want to believe in those places. Like, nobody in Ohio, if if I went to the hotel tell in Ohio, and I said, I'm, I'm fucking some guy from, from a Trans-Siberian Orchestra, or, or as somebody else said, a Blue Man Group, if I went in and said that, they would say, no, you're not. Like, what are you even doing in Columbus? What are you even doing in Ohio? Right? Sure. But if I show up to, you know, Circus Circus, and I get up to the counter, and I'm like, yeah, I'm Steve Vai from Chicken Foot. Uh, I play guitar. I'm like really good at it. They might hook you up. You know, I don't know. (laughs) It sounds like a a 10
0: year old. I (laughs) don't think reasoning. I don't know how the
1: scam works. Maybe you have to have somebody be like, I could send you in and you could say you're my manager. Yeah. And then be like, don't look him in the eye. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. And then you could do it. Yep. That's just a guess. It's a good scam. Good scam. I'm I'm proud. I can't wait to read it on Wednesday. We'll have a really good time with it. Oh. Got some real grifters and hucksters for the show Wednesday. I got I
0: great. got one here too. We can check it out, but the the gist of it, uh, who who posted it in the chat here? Oh, uh, I lost it. Joe Johan Bratwurst. Uh, there's a band called named Peking Duck, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and somebody edited the Wikipedia page to say that they were related to them so they could get backstage into the stuff into the show.
1: Yeah. See, I mean, all kinds of. I mean, why would they have your relatives on your Wikipedia? <laughs> That's they so funny. Them on there. Oh yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah, they take the spouses, children. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. That is genius. Hey, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's like L A M O. Oh no, what's up? Hello. Are you on mute?
4: Hello. Hey, what's up? Hello? Who's this? hey this is uh andrew from Massachusetts.
1: what's up andrew how's it going
4: it's going all right uh could i get a quick shout out to uh the iww um because we just formed a branch in uh worcester map so awesome congratulations That's give it cool. up
1: for the iww if you're in your car or just in the chat everybody cheer for
0: it iww Oh wait,
1: I got to I'm sorry. I don't mean to throw you off track here. Somebody said everyone is too good for Chickenfoot. Oh, never mind, never mind. I was going to say J- Chickenfoot is a super group is what I wanted to explain. So, nobody's too good for them. They're large. Everybody in it's famous. So, uh what's going on tonight?
4: <laughs> uh nothing much. Um finishing up college uh in a week soon. Um so I want to ask like what, uh, what, what advice do you have for like living out on your own for the first time? Cause I'm trying to find jobs and a place to a place to live that that isn't my parents. So do you, uh, I mean, you got any advice? I think my best at, one of my,
1: my very first advice I like to give people that are moving out for their first time is, uh, uh, tr- this is just my me and Brett might have a different answer. Try to have at le- okay one paycheck if, if let's say let's just say for the sake of easiness, you get paid twice a month, okay, one yeah. paycheck cover your car and then have money left over, and then the other paycheck cover your rent plus five hundred dollars that's where you wanna mm-hmm. fucking be because like uh uh a lot of times. People will let rent Eat up a full check And I think I, I have done that And that is a yeah. dangerous Fucking game when you When when you're like okay so I'll just use one check for rent and one Check for everything else and then whatever's Left over will be my spending money But a lot of times like I went Through a time where like whatever was Left over was $200 and it's Like that's not very much spending money I, I would like a lot more spending money than that Also just yeah. like if you have time, uh it's a very good idea to make sure you have all your furniture and shit like that before you move so you're mm-hmm. not buying it in a mad rush.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: But Brett just Thanks, moved, man. so he probably even I mean he's basically in your same situation now because he's starting fresh. Mm-hmm. So uh what yeah. what do you got,
0: Brett? Um I don't know. I think, you'd pr- I think it was pretty good advice with the, the rent thing. Uh, really, the biggest mistake uh, young people make is with money. And, you know, I did it. Everybody does it. But if you, the faster you can figure out how to make a budget and stick to it, the easier life will be. You know, like I, I wish I didn't have crazy stories of having like 12 hours to come up with money and trying to sell shit or flip shit or racing to get Mm -hmm. to drop a check off at 559 so that i didn't get evicted and shit like that um i I mean the money 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 is everything money Mm -hmm. decides who you are and what you can do (laughs) we talk about it on the show all the time um so yeah definitely plan for way less and and don't budget every single dollar that you think you're going to have coming in
1: i've always felt really strong i i have always felt really strongly about this and it, it sounds shit but, like, the the best, I, I think one of the best things you can do for yourself in the beginning is, like, temper your expectations for where you're going to live. Like, if you're looking to move to the, and you probably are, and I'm not, it's not, I'm, I'm not telling you not to, I'm not trying to crush your dream. But if you're looking to move to the most expensive part of town, because that's, like, where everybody moves, you should w- make that your second place so that you have the experience of like I, I mean i lived so all my life i wanted i knew i wanted to live downtown i i when i was in fifth grade i would tell people i want to move to new york and then like as i got a little older i realized that's not realistic for me but then i was like as i got older i said i want to live downtown and i always knew i wanted to live downtown i always knew i didn't i wanted to live where i could walk to places and get stuff done but my first probably until i i think i was 26 when i finally moved downtown because i i just lived in the suburbs because i was learning how to live and i was learning Mm -hmm. like my rent at that time before i moved downtown my rent was 475 dollars a month and uh i i made a couple i made probably three two to twenty five hundred dollars a month at that time and um mm-hmm. and uh i was still always struggling to make my rent because things mm-hmm. filled the holes like you will never realize how things start to fill up all the holes in your, in your budget. It it becomes a very weird thing. So my best advice for anybody that's just moving out is to just like the first place is not going to be good. It's kind of like your first car where it's like your first car is probably going to be a piece of shit. And uh, that's a good thing. And uh, you know, if you're alone, I would just get a fucking studio. I would I would really I, I've always felt like a one-bedroom or a studio apartment is so perfect for your first time moving out. When I first moved out, I moved into a two-bedroom and the uh second bedroom was completely empty because I didn't have money to buy any furniture for the second bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> but groceries cost so much now. Like, if you were to ask me what your grocery oh, yeah. bill's gonna be, it's like your grocery bill for one person, I think, is probably going to be a hundred and fifty dollars. I, I mean, I'm sure people in the chat might disagree with me, but like groceries, just like you're, you're going to be like, oh, I could probably eat, I could probably eat for what seventy dollars a week, and it's like it never ends up like that. <laughs> so like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just really my, my. Greatest piece of advice for you is just make sure you have $500 left over after all is said and done. And you can really, if you have $500 left over, that will make you comfortable. It will plug the holes when things come up in your budget. And, uh, you know, it'll make your life easier. Your your apartment by, might be a shithole, but you'll have $500, and that feels good.
0: Yeah, also, don't just take any place mm-hmm. that'll accept you. Make sure you investigate. Look for water damage, uh, moldy stuff, carpet mm-hmm. that's old as fuck. Don't just take a slummy place. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always a good deal to be found. It just takes a lot more searching than you want it to.
1: Google the address, too, man, because, like... My landlords are pretty cool now, but I've had some pretty psycho landlords in the past. And, and you know, we get a lot of calls on here from people with crazy landlords. And it's like and somebody in the chat also says leaky windows for real. Touch the windows when you go to look at the house, Uh tap on the windows and Uh see if they're more than like a cup. That you have in your house, because mm-hmm. like apartments will often have like the worst windows and and just the worst stuff. But Brett's right. Like, look at a bunch of different places, but like get in your mind what you want. Like my requirements for uh, an apartment, because I rent, I'm I'm never gonna buy, but my requirements mm-hmm. for an apartment are central air conditioning and uh mm-hmm. uh that's it. I don't care about fucking anything else dude i don't have a dishwasher i haven't had a dishwasher in two decades i don't have like i have washer a washer and dryer but i buy used ones i have hookups Uh, like my apartment came with shit and like all i care about is central air conditioning and uh that's that's Mm -hmm. the best way to go about it and again as somebody said in the chat Take a slummy place if it's really inexpensive, just uh, for a year. Just really tell yourself, I lived above a Mexican restaurant for six months. (laughs) And not only was it a miserable experience, it was 200 degrees because I was above the kitchen. Uh, My rent was Mm -hmm. 185 a month, which is... You know, at the time I was like, what a fucking great deal. $185 a month. Like, how is it this already taken? You know what I mean? But uh every yeah. Tuesday and Thursday was reggae night at this place, and a guy would be out on the front patio playing reggae music until 2 a.m. And it made it very hard to sleep. It didn't have air conditioning, so during the summer it got unbearably hot. And also they locked me out. Because I was late on my rent, and uh, me, Jason, and a friend of mine had to go and kick the door in and take all the stuff we could get out of it. And uh, uh, that was a scary situation. The helicopter was flying around. They thought we were doing a home invasion. A guy came up to us with a fucking badge around his neck. Like he was undercover. They fucking sent him over because they were like, there's no cop near. So this guy just shows up and he's like, hey, police, what are you guys, you know, like freaked out. And then I had the lease in my hand. I showed him the lease. He was like, just take it, take it then. I mean, yeah. it's your place, you know, but Jason kicked the door in to get in. So just, you know, like I said, Google your Google, the address and Google the management service. But, uh, honestly, yeah. if you're graduating college, you know, they give you a little bit of time before your student loans come in. And, uh, I don't know what you mm-hmm. went for. You, you could have gone for something like I did where you can't get a job, but, uh, do you already have a job?
4: I don't have a job lined up. I'm just looking at places. Are, at you, the moment. Tech?
1: are you, are you in tech?
4: Um, I am going to be graduating with a physics degree. Um, so hopefully I can try to find a some bang job, okay but, uh yeah,
2: just to see
1: just really you know, like we said, five hundred dollars just always think like I want five hundred dollars that's not being spent, and uh you will mm-hmm. always be safe because really okay emergencies don't come up that very often that cost more than like two hundred bucks. <laughs> Mm, (laughs) that's how i feel that's how i do things so you'll be good i think Mm -hmm. you'll be good i mean even just the fact that you're asking for advice is more than i ever did you know i got kicked out (laughs) so i just had to find a place but even just asking for advice is like a step in the right direction i think you're gonna be okay all right thanks hey no problem have a good night do you have a twitter or anything all right does the IWW uh,
4: have no. one? Uh our chapter doesn't have one yet. We just got like chartered and it's like crunch time and like everyone's busy, so we haven't done much yet, but um Okay. We'll probably have like a Twitter and stuff like that soon. But I think we have a we have a Facebook page, Worcester IWW. Okay.
1: So cool. If you're in Worcester, join the IWW. It's a good organization. They they're really cool. Uh they do real shit. So thanks for calling in.
4: Yeah, appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Yeah, thanks for calling me. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye.
1: God, man, I never asked advice about moving out. I didn't ask a single motherfucking person.
0: Well, yeah, I didn't really have a choice or anything. It wasn't like an informed decision. No, I had a choice. I was just like fleeing in the middle of the night and going wherever I could.
1: Yeah, you, you were. In a, we were basically kind of in the same boat. Like, I had a choice because I had friends that let me move in with them and they weren't like anxious to get rent or anything from me or anything like that, or get me to pay any bills. They just kind of liked having me around. Right. And like, uh, um, so I had time and I probably should have asked them like, Hey, what do I need to do? Hey, what kind of stuff do you need to do to get a place? You know, I remember when I first, the first place me and Katie got with, uh, (laughs) One of our friends, we moved into this place and, uh, did get an electric bill for like five months. The first five months we lived in a place and we were like, damn, this is tight. We have like extra money. I didn't think we were going to have this, you know, this kind of money and, uh, come to find out that, uh, the rent, it was being sent to the rental office. And the electric company came to us with a $2,000 bill and said, like, we're not giving you a cut on this. You have to pay this. So we had to, you know, go into a payment plan, but it was like, I hate to say it like this, but it was like a payment plan on steroids because usually you're only like at like $500. So you do the like one ninth payment plan and yeah. it's like, you know, it's just a little bit more. 50 but bucks, when, 35 when the, bucks. When the thing's $2,500. <laughs> Like, we just thought we were, like, getting away with not paying for electricity. Like, they forgot about us. Don't ever do that, folks. Yeah, they didn't
0: forget. No,
1: they never forget. If there's a meter on the outside of, their- outside of your house, they don't forget.
0: Yeah, I also wouldn't move into with anybody that can't get their name on the, the lease. Because they Ooh. can fuck you over really badly. Yeah. And they're not responsible for anything. Really? Yeah. My sister had of- that. My mom co-signed for her or something, and then her friend moved in with her, but wasn't on the lease. And then got a fight. A boyfriend came and like destroyed their whole place. And then Jenna was responsible for repairing the apartment.
1: That happened to me and Katie. Actually, we had a, a dear friend of mine move in with us. Very like one of my best friends all the way through high school, and uh, even afterwards, just like a person that I thought very highly of. And then he started dating this girl. And uh, Katie did not like her. And uh, she was eating our food. Like, it was like a big, like, you know, we're buying groceries. There's an extra person living here and they're not paying for any of them, but they're eating them. That becomes problematic when you're broke as fuck. And uh, it ended up being this big thing. And they moved out in the middle of the night and, like, broke a bunch of shit and wrote a bunch of nasty stuff in sidewalk chalk on the... uh, outside of the apartment about my wife and shit like that it was fucking nasty man
0: yeah i also lived with one of my best friends he needed a place to live for a period of time before he was going to school and uh i the last thing that happened was we had like a huge fight and i didn't talk to him for probably five years (laughs) my best friend through high school the guy that like i did everything with from like seventh grade to twelfth grade and even afterwards yeah, and then yeah. So roommates are don't live don't live with anybody you know and uh, also strangers you have to really I don't know. I don't know how to st- if it's your friend never if even, it's your friends you have to go hang out with them at their house or what they current what their go look at what their bedroom looks like. I mean surprise them. True. That's good. Surprise <laughs>
1: inspection. I would I I will say this. I would live with you. I know 100% that I could live with you. I think so, yeah. But I truly do not think there's anybody else that I can think of. Like you, that's how close. What what I'm saying is, like that's how close you have to be to somebody. You have to be like very intimately close to somebody to to move in with them yeah. like a lot of people just think like oh yeah no this dude was cool like back in high school we used to hang out we you know sometimes yeah. on friday nights we go out and smoke weed together and shit like that it's great we, i mean we'll have a really good time we'll spend all of our time together we'll watch movies together you know we'll fucking yeah. have a gravity bong in the living room that's yeah. like both of ours you yeah and then like you're right man you move somebody into your house, you're playing with fucking fire,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's easy to hang out with someone for four hours. To hang out with someone for, like, 24 hours, gets, you get, they get on your nerves immediately.
1: I mean, I moved my sister in, and it was brutal, man. Like, just, I mean, people are messy, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, the level of messy. I know, like, I probably come off as a guy that keeps a messy house on the show. You know what I mean? Or or just whatever people think of me. Yeah. You know? But I keep a very clean house. (laughs) Like, as in, like, dishes don't sit in the... Like, you will never come over and see dishes just sitting there. Yeah. You know? Because we do them... Immediately, as we immediately we yeah. make the bed every night. You know, my wife is crazy about cleaning too. Like, I I can't take all the credit for it; she does most of it. But there's no laundry piled up. Right, it's just we're we're obsessed with like
0: things have their place, and if they don't just get thrown, you don't you don't have a you don't have a junk table. No, we don't. You don't have like a spot to just put things where you don't know what to do with it.
1: No, well, that's a Katie thing. It's the same thing with making the bed, right? It's like when me and her first started dating, I didn't put any sheets on my bed because I thought it was pointless. Because I just felt like... I felt like what? I'm going to lay on sheets? You know? Like I just kind of saw it
0: as blankets you were to be put on top of you. You laid on the bare mattress? Yeah. It wasn't scratchy? I mean...
1: Bare mattresses are not comfortable. To you, me. you have got to understand the lifestyle I was living at this time. <laughs> yeah, okay, makes sense. You know, I, I had ripped the doors off of my closet in an attempt to block, uh, sun from coming into my room because I was tripping and it was nine o'clock in the morning. Okay. Like I, I, this, this apartment was just destroyed. You know, there was, we used to grill in the breezeway for people that don't know what a breezeway is. It's like where all the doors are in an apartment. So we used to grill there right in the breezeway and then we would get wasted i mean everybody was drunk and like tired and like ready to go to bed but you couldn't go to bed because the grill was still going you know we were like kind of nervous about it catching the breezeway on fire so we would pee on it to put it out in the breezeway where people have to walk through to get to their apartment We would also sit on a rock. We would stay up all night on Sunday night because none of us had to work Mondays because we were working a golf course. We would stay up all night tripping and yelling and acting like fucking maniacs, dude. Like doing things that were beyond the pale of like what an adult person should do. And then as people were driving to work, we would sit on a rock outside and wave to them while they were leaving to go to work in the morning after we just terrorized the neighborhood (laughs) all fucking night. We would just sit there like, have a good day at work. You know what I mean? At like eight in the morning. And it was just the only reason we didn't get evicted is because the girls that worked in the rental office liked us
0: and thought we were cool. All right. Well, that's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. My advice also is to make people think soon. you're cool. Yeah. That is the best way to get by. Go ahead. And take a call. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. We're we talking to you tonight.
5: Hey, what's up? Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah. Hey, this is Alex from Colorado. What's up, well, Alex? I'm going to take my headphones off because yeah. I'm dying.
1: Yeah. Give me one second, Alex. Uh, New World Order in the chat said, was this in a college town? Now, it would have been acceptable, if it, been acceptable if it was in a college town. It was in a college town. Huh? Oh, is, am I? An uh, echo that from him, I think. Okay. They asked if, we're, if I'm yeah, in okay. a college town, and no, I was in the suburbs. <laughs>
0: Actually,
1: I, I was nowhere near the college. I was probably 25 to 30 minutes away from the college in the suburbs in a place where you absolutely should not be acting like that. <laughs> so uh, what's going on tonight?
5: Oh, not much. I just wanted to talk to you guys and everyone about a uh, this organization effort that I'm part of. What is it? Colorado State University. Oh, is it so, a, a yeah. union? Um, not quite yet. I don't know. We don't know where we're going to take it. Um, so I'm a graduate student worker, uh, like uh, teaching assistant, is what I am, but that's kind of a catch all statement for teaching systems, research assistants, Um, and we're trying to make more money and not have to pay student fees. So like right now I make 1400 a, a month
2: mm-hmm.
5: and then each semester. So like September and then January I have to pay 1200 back for student fees. Okay. So, like, what you're talking about with the old? Make sure you have money left over after your paycheck. The, those two months, I got like two hundred bucks for the month.
1: Fuck yeah, I, I I I'll be straight with you. Like, my rent is a little over a thousand dollars, and for a good two years of Street Fight, we were making fourteen hundred dollars a month. So, and we we're just paying. I was just paying my thousand dollar rent with that and uh i totally fucking understand like where you're coming from where it's like okay so i have two hundred dollars left over how am i supposed to make this what
5: what am i eating for the next couple weeks
1: right and also like where are you supposed to live you know like like roommates it's roommates that's true they do expect you to do roommates because i was going to say like what what rent would you be comfortable with
5: well, so I'm, uh, you know, I took out student loans. This is my second year in school. So like I covered that I'm paying like 500 a month with a roommate. Nice. So that's, it's not too bad, but like the first, the first year, cause they don't tell you this shit. They don't tell you about student loans or like, they're like, yeah, I'll we'll pay for your school. You're teaching assistant, you're set. So like the first three months, man, I lost 30 pounds. Cause I was just like stressing about money and then I was like not drinking beer cause I couldn't afford it. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, so we're a group of graduate students and we're all kind of experiencing this. So CSU or Colorado state university specifically um it's an R1 institution, which means like, we do a lot of really good research here and put out a lot of like pertinent research. And that work is all done by either research assistants or you know, professors that have their co- coursework covered by teaching assistants. Um, but compared to other R1 institutions, so like, I don't know if Ohio State's what they're like with that, but like we compete with, you know, down in Boulder, uh, Wyoming, like Iowa State schools like that. Um, compared to them, like we pay our, they pay us lower than everyone else, and they also have higher fees. Really? And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's like a pay to work type thing, you know? Like with the fees, you're like I said, you're giving most of your first and what six paycheck back
1: yeah for sure ohio uh, state university is an r1 school
5: they are okay
1: yeah i i kind of thought they were because they were really proud of their research <laughs> when i went there
5: you okay, know yeah. i i, I, I also a weird, worked much a, yeah well that's the thing like so as a grad student you know we're, we're paid for like 20 hours a week which would be sick if I had time to pick up another job, but like I'm reading fucking three books a week, writing papers. Like there's just after everything's said done, working like sixty, seventy hours a week. I mean, are paid for twenty of it.
1: Are are other people like are other people working a job like another job? Is I I guess like. I know you don't want to, I'm I'm sure this, this is less than ideal, but a lot of times in a college town, there might be places where you can do your reading and, and, and work. I know those jobs come at a premium and they're probably hard to find though.
5: Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't really look, I just kind of, you know, I'm used to putting your head down and eating ramen and shit. Ugh. But, uh, You know, some people, you know, pick up summer jobs and try and save a lot. Get by. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, we're all, we're all kind of looking around and like, you know, I just built a new football stadium here. We're fucking not getting what we deserve. So we're trying to, we're, we've got a petition floating around. We're, uh, trying to get the president and the board of governors to consider this plan that one of the deans proposed. That's, uh like wants to pay us more wants to pay us for 12 months instead of just the months we're in school and then cutting the fees
1: i feel like they could cut the fees altogether, really if you're working
5: (laughs) right yeah and it's all for stuff you know like like the rec center is one thing but you know i'm not going to that covid no then like Paying for, like, tech technology fees, they call it. It's like using a printer at the library. I do fucking use that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is, is there, like, a, a, a website or a place that people can uh, look into? Like, is, is there somewhere where we can send people?
5: Yeah, I can post this petition in the chat. Um, we, got, we have a Twitter and Instagram. It's at CSU grad workers for both of those.
1: Yeah, help the grad workers. Um, it sucks. It sucks and then because I know how much I did this and in, in, uh, I did this back. You know, I was a research assistant, as I've said, in the past. And uh, you really do do a lot of the work for almost yeah, no don't money. You not get any
2: credit
0: for
1: it. Nothing, nothing. My name is not I'm on not the being- study I worked on. <laughs> You need to find a right, single lady yeah. that has to
5: keep a man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been trying, man. Times are tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's tough out there.
5: Um, But yeah, we also have a, I guess it's for anyone in kind of like the Denver and North area, of Colorado, wants to come up. We're planning a rally for this coming Thursday on May 6th because that's when the board of governor's meeting is. Nice. It's yeah. on Zoom, but where we're going to be down on campus outside make a lot of noise make sure they hear our concerns awesome
1: sweet yeah show up if you're out there and uh help 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 them out it's uh it, it it is fucked up the way that they treat like research assistants in in college and uh it was something that i i got really disillusioned with it too when i was doing it cuz i was just like well i mean this all has to get done, you know, it's not like, it's not like this doesn't have to get done and it's the boring stuff. And then you get to, you get all the credit. So, or or somebody else gets all the credit and you get $9 an hour.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, thanks for calling in and, uh, hopefully some people, some street fighters show up for you there.
5: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and again, on Twitter, Instagram, it's uh, CSU grad workers.
0: All right. CSU yeah. grad workers. Thank you. Yep. Have a good night.
5: Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you too.
0: Let's roll into the next one. Yeah. I mean, that's a situation. That's right. I mean, if you don't have enough money, you just don't have enough money. You kind of just got to bite the bullet and, you know, like he said, put your head down and eat ramen. If you if you can't find a way to do anything else, it's, hopefully it won't be for forever. It's not like it's going to be forever, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of hell that we require college, uh, college students to go through. Like it's some rite of passage to lose thirty fucking pounds in uh, stress weight.
1: Yeah, and it's a bummer, man, because like, uh, uh, those people are working probably like. I mean, the research assistant job I had was, was really tedious, dude. And I was working a lot of hours for, for, I think it was $8.50 an hour I uh. was making. And, uh, it's just, you really deserve more. You know what I mean? Like they, they deserve, not only do they deserve credit because it could help them in the future. You know what this all works on? You know, we're we're talking, uh, you know, I keep saying you deserve credit, but really all this is, is like, so you can get a reference from a teacher, yeah. basically, for the next step in college. Like, I got, or a letter of recommendation. You don't get, like, any hard credit, and then if you don't, if you don't need a letter of recommendation, you're going to get shit for it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it does suck. It does really suck. Uh, Shellsby in the chat said something really funny she said every or, or they said sorry uh every every person that they've ever had uh every what did it say every dude i've ever had sex with i made up up their sheets game <laughs> <laughs> I got her bed, and it's like, yeah, I uh, one hundred percent. My wife had to do that, like, oh yeah, <laughs> like I I know a lot of women that have had this to un- uh, teach a guy how to put sheets
0: on his bed. This is unacceptable. You, yeah. This is you need to. These are the same ones that were on the last time I came over here. You need another set. You gotta watch these motherfuckers. It's
1: fucking pointless. <laughs> it just it's fucking like guys, like. Like I was one of them. You just think things that people have been doing since the end of time or since the beginning of time, you just think it's fucking point cleaning the bathrooms, fucking pointless. Why would you do that? That's where you go to shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just all that stuff. Cooking dinners, fucking stupid. You could get McDonald's every day. What the hell? You know? Good point. Why do people decorate their house? You know, you don't have to hang anything on the wall. What are you doing with the walls? They look fine white, you know?
2: Yep.
0: Oh, I need stuff on the walls. I feel so, so naked with with just the blank wall staring at me. Yeah. I can't stand it.
1: I mean, you've been, you've seen my bedroom. Uh, You've rarely been in there, but uh, we're in there the other day to grab something and uh, nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's dark.
0: Yeah, that place, yeah, very minimalist, I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't feel like I need
0: anything in there, I'm just sleeping. Yeah, nobody comes in here, I don't need to show it off, it's not going to be in a magazine. Very dude, I I still have that little bit of dude,
1: dude energy, where I'm like, it's fucking pointless, who decorates their bedroom? It's fucking pointless, dude. Yeah, it's the first thing you see when you wake up. I don't care.
0: Yeah, And then I go downstairs and look outside, nature is beautiful, Brett. I went to um I went to the thrift store and I got one of those like souvenir plates. I found one it said "Welcome to Wall Drug, South Dakota." Yeah. It's from the Badlands and it yeah. has like a big dinosaur. It's like a collector's plate and it says like we made it. So then I, I didn't know what to do with it. I bought the little wood stand, so I have that on top of my dresser now. A wall
1: drug play, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, wall drugs cool. I want to go to Wall Drug if <laughs> yeah. I ever drive up by South Dakota. I'll definitely and I will drive up yeah. by S- South Dakota. But yeah, Wall Drug's cool, man.
0: Uh, yeah, I can't also. I also have a. I'm a little too like upfront with my themes because, like, for my bedroom, I just want like jungles and animals. <laughs> Everything. Like, you, that's what we do. It's sweaty like a jungle in this place. It will be, too. We get sweaty in there. Yeah. Well, also because (laughs) Brent
1: doesn't turn on air conditioning ever. True. But uh, I used to go to that house on Tibbet, and this motherfucker would be 90 degrees outside, and he wouldn't have his air conditioning on, and he would also have all the windows shut. Yep. And he's just sitting there comfortable. He's just, like, fine
0: (laughs) with it. Hey, you know, it gets hot. What are you going to do? Yeah, that's the thing, too. With the switch up with living myself now, if it's 50 to 90 no no thermostat at all i have it on it's been off ever since i've moved in i still haven't used it yeah also next one i don't kill bugs either i see bugs all the time and i just let them go past and no one has to there's no screaming and hooting and hollering i don't have to to capture it in a fucking jar and put a, a postcard underneath it none of that i just let it disappear i just close my eyes and look and look the other way yeah yeah I mean, hated killing bugs. I kept telling you're doing you're making me do the dirty work. I have to pay for this karmically. yeah, I always said
1: that about killing bugs is like because like I had this like realization it was probably on drugs. I'm not you know totally sure it happened on drugs, but I had this realization that like outside, your house is outside. It's technically a part of outside. Sure. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And the bugs have, like, every right to, like, kind of be wherever outside, you know? But then I always argue with myself because I'm like, I don't let squirrels in my house. Like, if a squirrel came in my house, I would fucking lose my mind, you know? Like, what the fuck am I going to do? I was once at my brother's house and a bat flew out of the fucking fireplace and I was like, I don't even know how I would fucking deal with that. And just you know, I took off running. I was like, yeah. no way. Uh, but bugs, I just don't feel like bugs are that that bad. Like you can let them out the door. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know, they'll find their way. Yeah no
0: roaches though yeah not roaches too
1: yeah i'm not not pro roaches yeah don't don't let dirty bugs come in your house just regular a daddy long legs is gonna get in there dude because you live on earth where there's daddy long legs
0: stink bugs man those things oh
1: god you would never believe how much i get yelled at for killing stink bugs do they stink i don't think so i never smelled them and i never even i don't
0: kill them i scoop them up in toilet paper and flush them I
1: Well, that's killing them.
0: Well, not anymore, the, the but that was, that was my method before. Yeah, But I didn't squash them.
1: Most of the time, I try to get them to go out the door. Sure. But if they won't go out the door, I'm not going to spend all night trying to get a bug to go out the door.
0: Yeah. You know? Cup works, too. The cup is the, the best method. Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to you tonight? Oh, my God. Hello.
1: Hello. Who's this?
6: What's going on? This is uh, Terry. What's up,
1: from, Terry? Uh,
6: Montana Ooh, okay. uh, Not much Montana's Yeah. Um, what kind of bugs Y'all got out little, there? Oh A lot of hunt bugs uh, They're just waking up though Because uh, snow is still Still melting out here um, oh, I yeah, feel I for you I think you. I even saw a mosquito the other day
1: The snow's really still it's, melting uh, in Montana?
6: Yeah man
3: <laughs> oh, I feel uh, for
4: you
6: um i mean where i'm at it's it's all pretty cleared out but uh pretty close by some of the roads are still closed um jesus montana
1: oh well so what's going on tonight
6: long long winter um yeah yeah i've got i mean first of all awesome to talk to you guys uh long time first time uh big fan um my, my i got a story for you i guess well first of all I've got an, the reason I call, I've got an unemployment hearing coming up, um, this week on Thursday, we're have to plead to the bureaucrats of the state of Wyoming to, uh, deem me worthy of about $8,000 or so. Oh,
0: wow. For what, uh,
6: for unemployment benefits oh, wow. from, uh, this past winter. Um, Yeah. So wondering if you have advice or at least encouragement, because I feel like I don't stand much of a chance, um, to clean my case. I mean, I could tell the rest of the the details of the story if you care to hear it. (laughs) Are are you, so basically
1: you're, you're sort of, I guess like, uh, uh,
6: I got denied, um, because i quote unquote quit oh, uh, did you quit though how 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 did the end happen? yeah <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I quit a job, I wouldn't call it you know the job that I had. Uh, I got laid off from one job, which I consider my job job. Okay. um I'm a seasonal worker uh, in a national park out here. Um, that's the Terry cause work for the feds. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I got laid off as, as we do every year and and most people go on unemployment when they get laid off for the season. Um, and this was at the end of the last summer, you know, that like federal, like, um, that sweet, federal money had already gone away and they hadn't re-upped it again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was like, oh man. Um, oh, I guess the other, the other part of this story is, um, you get kicked out of your housing, you know, at the end of the season. Um, and I didn't have any place really to go. Um, so they do this thing It's kind of messed up, but you can volunteer in exchange for housing. Uh, where I'm at because um, there's really not much housing period um, and like I said I didn't have any places to go um, so I decided to volunteer for uh, 32 hours a week in exchange for um, a place to lay my head at night oh um, fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> no money at all yeah. there's not even
1: like a stipend
6: nope uh, they did just give me a Nalgene bottle, though, uh, at the end Ooh. of my volunteering. So. <laughs>
0: oh, that's nice. Hey, those are big money. <laughs> those cost like, ten whole dollars. Um, 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 yeah, man.
1: How did can, uh, if you don't mind me asking, like, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: how did you like eat and and survive? Like, how did you like do all the other stuff that's not connected to having a place to sleep?
6: Uh, just been slowly pulling money out of my bank account, but I've, I, you, you could say I saved up, uh, you know, just saved up a little bit of money and somehow it looks like I'm going to get by, um, with, you know, I'm living relatively cheaply and stuff. I used to work a slightly more lucrative job of teaching uh, in a high school.
1: Well, that, <laughs> uh, we've always famously heard <laughs> that teachers make a lot of money. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean it's it's uh it's not pretty you know and i got a brother who uh helps me out a little bit um so but is yeah it, yeah slowly
2: yeah
1: are are you relatively comfortable i mean are, are you living in like housing with other people or or like are you alone or
6: great question uh i'm living in what is essentially a like remodeled motel room um by myself in a one, you know, I guess you'd call it a studio edge. It's literally a, a motel room that, the that, yeah, that they, that they put me up in here. Is um, it, I don't have room? a, is there a kitchen? Yeah. Great question. There, there is not. I wish I could text you a picture right now of my uh, oh. camping stove sitting on my countertop. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, <laughs>
1: is there? Are there? Are there teaching jobs? Does this is illegal? This, this has to be illegal?
6: It sounds illegal to me. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Um, I yeah I don't. Apparently it's it's legal. Uh, you know I think they. The idea, you know, most people think, oh, it's going to be like old retired people will come and like volunteer in our national parks and, and we'll give them a place because it's in rural or whatever. But like, there's plenty of people like me that are just like, you know, trying to get by and trying to, you know, keep. Working in some fashion. Um, so you got yeah you, yeah, you extremely exploitative this whole organization. <laughs> it does sound like
1: it. I, I I guess can I ask like So you got laid off Like you yeah. lost a job from that you were getting paid for and got laid off and then you
6: started doing this Okay, so then I no 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 are oh, yes, then I then I started doing the volunteering correct um, For the same organization um, so yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's I mean, not it, all right, but uh, it
1: feels like they owe you something uh, to me. It feels like yeah, they owe you. Yeah. I mean, well, they owe you a lot at this point. You've been working for free, but, uh, Word. It, I gotta <laughs> say it does sound like unemployment though. Uh, if you get laid off, unemployment owes you right, Brett. That's always Correct. been the case. Yes. Yeah you get laid off or fired then you get unemployment but if you quit you don't get unemployment
6: yeah right so i got laid off and like you know the same this is the same thing i've done the past few years and like so last winter you know i did all right once that COVID unemployment came in um you know i was making more money on unemployment than i did in my job i still came back to my job i've heard about that (laughs) uh, (laughs) yeah but but this time But this time I get laid off and, you know, no federal benefits. So I'm like, I mean, yeah, I'll get by. I've got a place to live and I'll make this like couple hundred bucks off of unemployment a week. But I was like, you know what? You can still get unemployment benefits and work part time. So maybe I'll go to the little town here and I'll just I'll get a job bagging groceries for 11 bucks an hour Um, just to like, you know, Uh have a little bit supplemental money so now i'm working 32 hours you know wow. in in the park uh working 20 hours at the grocery store you know putting everybody's you know slim jims and lettuce in a bag um hmm, that's and uh trip. it's a productive uh, I,
1: <laughs> it
2: was
6: very uh, yeah uh but then, uh, you know, did that for a couple months and I was just like a little worn out. Um, I mean, you know, the other thing is like the jo- my temporary job, my seasonal job, it's coming back and it's coming back in a couple of weeks now. Um, so like I've got that to look forward to, right. And anyway, so I'm bagging groceries and, and I've, I've got to drive like, um, an hour away for, for physical therapy, like twice a week. And, you know, I'm just like, I'm over this grocery bagging thing. It was like a good idea to make a little bit of money, but it's too much. I'm just going to quit this and just rely on unemployment until my job kicks back in. Okay. But I guess I didn't, I didn't read the fine print and it just doesn't matter. <laughs> Even though you can still receive unemployment benefits while working part-time, if you quit that part-time job that you get disqualified. Yeah.
1: I think they got you with the. Uh- quitting the part-time job. I I've I've seen this happen a lot of times because the the unemployment thing is like a super cut and dried sort of thing where like you know yeah. you can't you almost can't make any money. Except, My mom got kicked off of unemployment for working at a pizza shop for like seven fifty an hour. Yeah. They said she made too much to get unemployment.
6: Yeah. Um last winter though, before COVID hit I was, I was in Denver at the time, um, driving for Lyft, you know, part-time and still receiving unemployment benefits. I was substitute teaching, still receiving unemployment benefits. When I stopped doing that stuff, I didn't get kicked off, but I guess it's because like, you know, it's like, uh, you're not contracted for a specific amount of time that then you like stop. Whereas, I mean, anyways, yeah, they, they might've got me here's what I'm, but gonna, I'm appealing and I'm, gonna, I, I've been doing all this research. I'm going to give it a whirl on get Thursday. the statutes.
1: Just read some statutes, at Yeah. I mean, I say, yeah. I, I, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I am going to send good vibes your way. And then I will also <laughs> pray, which Ooh, yeah.
3: All right. I don't do that Man. for just
1: anybody, but Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Get this man $8,000 in unpaid unemployment benefits.
6: Amen. There we go. I said a prayer. Yeah, that was beautiful. Amen. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. I'll uh if it works out, I'll, I'll let you know and you can continue your your weekly uh praying. All right. Yeah, I'll pray.
1: yeah. Well, this is the
6: first time I've
1: prayed in my life, but Except for when I would lose something when I was younger. I'm honored. Yeah. I would lose stuff when I was younger, right? I went to church once, and they said, you know, if you're looking for something, God will shine a light on it so that you can find it. And I think that was more of, like, a uh, a metaphorical thing. Sure. But I took it as very, like, much true. So... When, when I was like 11, 10, 12, I would, I, if I couldn't find something, I would pray. And then I would look around the room and see if there was a light shining on anything never worked, but that's the last time I prayed was when I was 11 or 12. So, uh, I'm going to, uh, pray right now. I just prayed and, uh, I, before I watch billions, I'll also pray. So uh, everybody right, in the chat's praying, thank too. Thank you so much. Everybody in the chat's right, praying, yeah. too. So uh, have a good pray. night. Much appreciated.
6: Thank you. I'll yep. talk to you guys later. You're welcome.
1: Have a good night. Yeah, best of luck. Yeah, shine a light. Thanks. They did say that. Shine a light. If you pray to Jesus Christ, he'll shine a light on what you're looking for. And uh never worked. Not once. Oh, I bet.
0: Um, yeah. So, so far, so bad. Um, started with advice. And then we went down to somebody that's getting paid $1,400 a month for 60 hours of work. And then from there, it went even lower to somebody <laughs> working 32 hours a week for their rent. Like for, we, for Zero. You, yeah. For their rent. For a horrible rent, though. You know what
1: I mean? Like, as, as oh, low yeah. as it gets. I mean, if you were paying for his situation, you probably would be paying 200
6: bucks a month.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. He's working thirty two hours a week for two hundred dollars a month. I think. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, that situation sounds dire to me. It's like having a bedroom. It yeah. is yeah. literally. That's what you have. And and you know what he said that like chilled me to my core was when he said the words motel. And yeah. I was like, buddy, I don't even. I would never stay <laughs> in a motel.
0: Well, but, maybe the guy that used to stay up till eight in the morning to wave goodbye would.
1: That guy would have stayed in a motel in a fucking second. He would <laughs> yeah. have loved it. But like, I drive by a motel now and I see cars parked outside and I'm like, what's going on with you, man? You know, <laughs> I I think it's because when I was a cable guy, I had to go to motels and fix cable and uh, just shenanigans. I mean, not just like the other tenants there get into shenanigans. You know what I mean? When when it's like a you can stay for a week for 200 bucks or 150 bucks or whatever, or you can stay for one night or you can stay for a few hours like, yeah. you know, those were the types of hotels I was going to. I mean, I went to this one in Groveport, Ohio that I didn't even know existed until I was working for the cable company. It's just called Airport Motel and uh I I just... What'd you see? I mean, the, the apartments, every one of them smelled like a pool hall. Cigarette-wise, uh-huh. you know, everyone I went into. That is the place where I crawled under the crawl space to fix somebody's cable. And also, somebody said watching guys drink in a motel parking lot beer made me quit my job. Dude, that was... People drunk. No matter when you went there yeah everybody was drunk Uh and like it was all single guys you know what i mean you didn't see a lot of like women there or children or but there was a playground but it was in shambles you wouldn't (laughs) let your kid play on this playground and then i had to get in going their own way men going there exactly and i had to get in to a crawl space I crawl under this crawl space and there's not one, but several dead cats down there Ugh. and it smelled really bad. And it was right under the floorboards of where people were living and Ugh. they smoked so much that they had no idea that it was going. Cause it just smelled like cigarettes everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you don't smell the dead cat because you're, you're frying up bacon on a sterno and then you're smoking cigarettes in there all day and there were, you know they were very dark rooms it was just like dude i mean i've i've seen a few living situations that really fucked me up you know
0: yeah yeah and i bet i, bet. I saw i saw a tiktok of a woman that is a professional cleaner and a guy was like hey i got a move out date that's coming up I've kind of got a tight squeeze. You think you could get something in tomorrow, like in the afternoon? He his toilet had backed up, and he had buckets of shit filling up the whole house. And she showed up, and he was like, "How much? How how long do you think it's take to get rid of all? Or to get this taken care of?" The pictures she shared were absolutely fucking gruesome.
1: I told you the story about the house I went to in my old neighborhood, which was uh, you know lower middle class, working class neighborhood. It was not. Like, it wasn't, like, it was a normal sort of how most people grow up neighborhood. You know what I mean? And, like, I go to this house and, like, I I kneeled down to unhook their modem. And when I stood up, my knee was wet and had bugs on it. Like, was covered in, like, fleas. Whoa. And, like, a guy was standing next to me with a Skyline Chili Five-Way, which is, like, for people that don't know, it's basically, like, a plate of spaghetti with chili and cheese on it. Onions. And onions. And mustard. And he's holding it on the fucking plate it comes with which is not—they fill this plate, dude. It is for sitting at a table and eating. You do not pick it up.
0: It's yes. not like a bowl of cereal. No, a, sty- a, a a Cincinnati five-way on a styrofoam plate should never leave a table. You would put it in a bowl. If yeah. you got it, you yeah. would
1: get it home and put it in a bowl, so as to not make a mess. Right. But as I walked in, uh, this place, there's dishes in the sink, completely full. And then down on the floor covering the whole kitchen and then coming out into the living room, just stopping short of the front door, like and it was just dirty dishes. And fucking this goddamn guy is eating his five way right next to me and shit is just falling on the floor and he's just kind of like rubbing it in with his feet, sort of situation. Oof.
0: That's right.
1: And then I I, I I i to- told i told somebody recently the story about i i knocked on a door. I was supposed to disconnect these cables, and uh, I was supposed to disconnect somebody's cable. And I was supposed to pick up their equipment. And I knocked on a door, and the woman, I said, "Insight Communications, we're here to pick up your equipment." And the woman said, "Come on in." And uh, I pushed the door open and trash had to like move to push the door open and trash was probably up to my ankles throughout the whole place. And there were cats everywhere and there was cat hair and shit everywhere. And it was just this older woman sitting in a chair, looking at the wall in a trailer filled with trash. And she wasn't the right customer because she didn't have any TV or anything like that. She was Uh, literally just staring at the wall, Brett. And uh, that fucked me up, man. I never stopped thinking about it. And it it really was... I still think about it all the time like, I'm not going to end up like that. You know what
0: I mean? I'm just... I can't. Those people have some severe... They need severe help.
1: I agree. But it was just... It was just crazy, man. You know, I'd cl- cl- climb in crawl spaces and see dead animals all the time in people's homes. Yeah, You know,
0: let's take another call and in- hit a break. Okay. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, hey, uh, this is Jack from Kansas City. What's up, Jack? How's it going?
7: Oh, it's going good. Um, I'm just going to apologize in advance real quick for like sounding so tweaked out because um, I just drank like a big-ass glass of cold brew. Hey, Um, and I've been smoking some really good weed. So
0: (laughs) yeah, you you sound pretty relaxed. Yeah. You you
1: said cold brew. I was like,
7: you're pretty relaxed for some cold brew. Okay. Well, shit. Then maybe I don't sound that tweaked out. (laughs) No, you sound great. Um, No, I don't think anyone's mentioned it yet. So uh, happy late international workers day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had to damn go to a thing. So I didn't get to be there,
7: but yeah, I, I, uh, uh, thank you. Yes. Happy Monday to everybody. Uh, and, uh, like, thank you chat for like, I called in last week and they showed a lot of support and love and I didn't see it until I watched the vod after, but shout out chat. Yeah.
0: Chat. Thank you. Chat. Good job. Chat. Yeah. Good job chatting.
1: Hooray for you, chat. I'm not going to make fun of you or be mean to you tonight just because you helped out. So, uh, what, what's going on this week?
7: Oh, I just, uh, figured I'd call in with some grocery store hell since I quit, uh, you know, earlier this month, I worked there for two years, so I have a pretty big, uh, array of stories.
0: What yeah, did you, you do? You got one year of of the before time and one year of quarantine.
7: Yeah, right. <laughs> right. What did yeah, you do? Oh, what was your
1: What was your grocery store? I was a in job?
2: produce.
1: Uh, I did so, produce for a while. What a fucking shit job that is! I hated produce. Maybe it was because yeah, the guy was- that I worked for was in produce was a prick sure that makes sense no, the, I don't really my, hate my
7: manager was a, a a huge dick but right yeah
0: and I I guess the produce, produce is department deal. is that the star of the show what is the produce the star yeah of the
7: produce show? made them at least at our uh at our um store produce made the most money especially after the pandemic hit we were pretty much carrying for like the first what like two financial quarters
1: yeah i mean the produce department to me I didn't like it. I thought it was the hardest work in the store, which is an issue for me because, you know, I don't like to do hard work. Uh, uh, I I found the produce department to be the hardest job in the store. It's the most I worked.
7: Really? Yeah. It wasn't that way where you were. Uh I mean, it was, it could be difficult when my boss wanted to be a dick, but I, I don't know. I kind of just like turned my brain off and stacked fruit, you know?
1: What store did you, uh, do you, do you mind saying what the store was that you worked at?
7: Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's called hy V. It's a, uh, it's like a Midwest. Oh, we've chain. been there. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do now. They're, um. They want to be like everything and i don't know i don't want to go to a grocery store and eat lunch you know sit down in a wall <laughs> or whatever <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: what there's a wall in the hyvee
7: yeah there is
0: Wahlburgers yeah. fucking sucks and it's bad when i lived in uh dc well, and
7: and mark Wahlberg sucks also but that's yeah, besides yeah. the point when i lived in dc there
0: was the whole foods there were like really next level and there was one that had a bar and it would be fucking packed like full lights up at the grocery store people chatting and like walking around swishing their hips and stuff just like they're at a bar but people are around the skirts around the edges of them people are like looking at cheese and trying to get cereal
1: yeah
7: there's one yeah we had a bar for a minute
0: oh oh, yeah you have it too
1: yeah and people hang out there We,
7: uh, we did and then we went on like there was some uh construction so now it went from a bar and like a little like uh i don't know like grilled hamburger place to a wall burgers
1: god we had wall burgers in vegas and we spent 90 dollars <laughs> on it and it was fucking bad so uh uh yeah, never eaten. what was one of the uh, i mean uh uh trying to i'm trying to think here uh so what was one of the worst things that happened? What's the worst customer interaction you ever had?
7: Um, the worst customer interaction I've ever had would. Uh, I'd have to say it'd be after the pandemic hit. Um, I was just, you know, stacking whatever onions or something, and some guy came up and he's looking at them. And he decides to pull his mask down to cough, and I didn't even say anything. I just walked away. I went to the back of the store.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you fuck? Are you like uh, so would you say that you are kind of like me in that terrified of confrontation? You don't want to do confrontation because, like I have to say, I think working in a grocery store or a tim hortons or a fucking mcdonald's or something like that right now i mean you are really being asked to be the police in a way right like right how comfortable can you imagine asking people to put their fucking mask on or Uh, put it on right
0: yeah i like scolding people and being mean to them and if it's a justified reason that's even better really i scare i would be so be a smart scared I would be a smart ass to the point where they would try to jump over the counter and grab me. <laughs> I saw
1: a woman. I don't, I don't know if I told this on here. I told it on a POD cast, but I, I don't know if I told this on here. I saw a woman get kicked out of a fucking Tim Hortons. Yeah. And, uh, or what she fucking walked in without a mask on. And she was like, I'd like a small coffee. And the lady is like, "Well, go to your car and get a mask. And she said, I don't have one. I just want the small coffee. And she was like, well, I'm not going to sell it to you unless you're wearing a mask. And the woman got pissed and left.
7: Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'm necessarily uh, confrontation adverse, but I just don't think it's worth it with most of these people. Right.
1: Yeah. And they like coughed on you.
7: Uh, so not like direct, like, it's not like he looked at me and like put his, you know, mouth up to my face and coughed. but he, he was standing right next to me. Uh, so like I was stacking one thing and the thing next to me, he was looking through. Um, and then he just pulled down his mask and coughed. That's a sicko. (laughs) That
0: sounds like some weird personal protest or just some people are really moronic about how things these things work but it's it really that's the reason that we're wearing the masks he was is boomer age,
7: so i don't know if his mind was just like deteriorating at that point or <laughs> what but
1: yeah that's fucking crazy i i i'm that to me might might have gotten me to lose my mind i i i really think uh uh, uh I mean, leaving the situation probably was a better move. So what, what was your, okay. The next question is like, what was your worst manager?
7: Okay. So when I was there, um, I had the same manager the entire time. And this is actually a pretty funny story. So he had worked there for, oh, I don't know, like 10 years, maybe, Uh, but before that, his dad was actually the, uh, the head manager of that department. Um, so they had a little, what, like a little monarchy, produce monarchy going on, but (laughs) he was just a straight asshole. Um, actually one of the things that he said to me, probably, I don't know, six, seven months into working there, um, This isn't verbatim, but it was something along like the lines of, uh, that I will never amount to anything more than like a produce worker. Well, he's a produce worker. That's exactly how I thought. Like, (laughs) I I didn't say it to him, but I was like, you realize that you are just the big produce worker, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're King corn over here. Right. Isn't that a
0: movie? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're 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 a goddamn produce worker. That is I mean, what did, what was he scolding you for? Do you remember? I
7: I don't remember actually. I um no, I I do now that you mention it. Um he asked me if I wanted to go like full time or something. And I was like, "No way. I don't want to work here any more than I have to." <laughs> and then he was like, "Well, you're never going to be anything more than a produce worker anyway so you know something like that
1: well i'll tell you what i had the same reaction one time when i when i worked at the cable company and they asked me if i wanted to play in the company softball game and i laughed at them and said of course not i, I would never play like the-. and then they were like oh what you think you're better than the cable guys and i was like oh no i don't think that i just don't like you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not a thinking you're better. It's just I personally don't like you. So <laughs> I'm not going to play. <laughs> uh uh somebody in a chat said, were you union?
7: Uh no, we were actually um it, it's horrible. They are like a type of uh grocery store to say they're like employee owned. Oh my god, um, I
1: forgot. Yeah, that is high
7: V. But you're you're do
1: you yeah. get a dividend or anything?
7: Uh if you work like full time and something else, uh like I, I'm pretty sure you end up like losing more money like in the short term than you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. only like a long term benefit. And right. I didn't see myself working there long enough that I wanted to do that or anything. Yeah,
1: so. well, hey, at least you got out of there, though. You know, you're right. you're out, no more people sneezing near you, you don't have to be in the grocery store. I mean, you did, I have to tell you, you did work there. You, you know who you remind me of? You remind me of me, and I'm going to tell you why you remind me of me. I was a roofer for four months, and I started in mid-November. <laughs> Like, just, I cannot imagine a worse time to become an industrial roofer in mid-November and work, you know, all the way up in the freezing cold and shit like that. And you really, like, you worked at a grocery store and you worked there at the worst possible time in your whole life. So, hey, you made it through.
7: Yeah, I guess that's one way of putting it.
1: You did. <laughs> you got to feel a little bit of victory. And hey, let's just say Brett was talking about how the calls went down, down, down and pay. I assume you're making more than no money
7: and living in a motel. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've actually, you know, I'm doing my, uh, hold on. I'm uh, doing my street light fight thing. Um, just hustling, making money
1: nice i like that i like that attitude i mean i won't ask how you're doing it but i will tell you i'm curious but uh you do not have to tell me your hustle because i understand i don't ever tell anybody mine but uh well thank you for calling in and uh you know it's good to talk to you it's good to hear you doing well absolutely
7: yeah i'll uh I'll call in again sometime with some more grocery store stories. But, Hell
1: yeah. Uh, All right. You guys have a good. You, do, you too. Who, buddy. Hey, before oh. we go to break, can I ask you a question? Yes. Is, I've heard this. Oh, God. Okay. This is some science I've heard in the past, and maybe Jason's here too. He can answer. How many bananas do you eat before they get poisonous?
0: Um, there's you know a number you can. Look, you need to ask Sarah. She's already looked that up. <laughs> okay, I think you gotta be seven or eight or something. Okay, three is. Fine. I had two today. Two is fine. All right, two but I want fine. another one. I don't have pick one. A, on pick me. a different fruit. Well, I mean, I'll probably eat some. I had an apple too. Okay, there's other ones. There's a whole world of fruits, God, dude. I had an apple today.
4: Sugar, and I'm right. I don't care.
0: I had an apple
1: today and it chased a dookie out of me so fast. It was crazy. But anyway, the goddamn I was getting a little bit nervous during that call because I just ate a banana and I was like uh starting to think like, Am I getting close to like the poisonous level bananas?
0: Hyperkalemia. You know? Is that it? Yeah, that's how many is it? What are they saying? Just says 358 milligrams of potassium. That doesn't help. Wait, wait, even a little bit. Sorry. I don't know how to figure it out. It doesn't have it played out here.
1: Hold on. I guess I'll check for myself. Bananas. Yeah, is, pretty high number. is too many. Okay. Oh my God. Really? You can't just tell me how many is three bananas a day too much. Okay, it says threes, not too much, so I think I think it's okay.
0: Dumbass LA is saying 400. 400 bananas? Yeah, I don't believe that. I would never eat 400 bananas in a day.
1: But uh, I'm just getting a little nervous about getting poisoned by bananas. So it's good. All right, let's go to break then.
0: All right, thanks for listening to the show so far. Thanks for calling in, all y'all. Uh, this week we got music from House of Teeth. This says, Greetings. First of all, I love the show so fucking much. You guys put out great stuff, and I'm glad you're out there making leftist comedy content. We need as much of that as we can in this bizarre hellscape we live in. This might not be exactly what you two usually play on this show, but if you ever feel so inclined to play some weirdo political pop music on the show, I just put out an album called Turnstile Stopped, under the name House of Teeth. You can find it on any streaming platform or on good old Bandcamp, houseofteeth.bandcamp.com. House it would be pretty bitching if you guys played this, but no hard feelings if it doesn't. Either way, I hope you guys are having a good time. Thanks, Jacob. All right, that works for me. This is House of Teeth. We'll be back after the break. We're Street Fight.
3: (音楽) including
0: Welcome back to Street Fight Radio That was House of Teeth You can find them at Houseofteeth.bandcamp.com Not was I I was expecting at all Um, The chat went absolutely crazy for it You got some good comparisons here Someone said a James Murphy vibe Johan Bratwurst again Phil Winter is into it Lots of people Destined to be a classic All right, I loved it too I thought it was really good Uh, I want to see it live hell yeah i don't uh, see
1: anything live
0: all right let's uh answer some calls thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight
1: hello we hear you, I love you. Okay. hey hey hello 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 A little howard star humor for you hello
0: if you're listening to the show we're talking to you yeah hello
1: hello hello uh who who's this hey this is james what's up james what's going on tonight
8: oh not a whole lot yeah. Yeah. killing okay uh hello. what's up yeah my bad sorry i'm getting used to the uh to the sound delay thing yeah anyway There's yeah just delay. been uh just been hanging out uh Smoked a bunch of Delta Eight cartridges, so I'm a little luncheon. Oh, um, is Delta Eight good? Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like in slow motion. It's pretty pretty cool, but chilling. I wanted to call in um to to hit people up to see if anyone else was around DC that wanted to go to Lami Palooza, the big uh, party yeah, thing we're uh, playing in. Where is it at? D.C.? Well, no, I'm in I'm in D.C., but uh, we're planning to do, like, a big gathering. Where are so I at? just wanted to hit up. Right uh, on it's un- Undecided yet. Yeah, I'm not on yeah, Facebook. have a Facebook group. Oh, right. I got
1: yeah. out. I had to get out of Facebook. It was driving me crazy.
8: Yeah, I mean, I understand. It drives me crazy, too. Well, hey, you know it, how can people get in contact with'll
0: we'll be we'll be able to facilitate that pretty easily I'm sure yeah, hit me up I'm a spreadsheet put together
8: I'm on Twitter, I'm a wolf of yall street, and then uh uh that's why I'm on Instagram too, and then yeah, I'm on Facebook, James Thomas, so all right, well, uh, if, uh, yeah
1: yeah, yeah, if, if somebody can help get to Lonnie Palooza, which
0: i i i, I I mean, depending on where it's at, I might go to this. It sounds fun. It's got to be within driving distance of Brian so that he doesn't have
8: to camp hopefully, in the woods. Uh, yeah, hopefully you make an appearance, man. That'll be the best. Oh, hey, but, I would love uh, to make an yeah, appearance. Yeah, if anyone
1: it's wants been, to go, hit me up. All right. It's been a long time, but uh, uh, I would love to make an appearance since I've made an appearance. But uh, All right. Yeah, hit him up right, if just, you can get him
0: there once we find oh, yeah, out where I, it's at I, I <laughs> when it in is, uh, when it is.
8: <laughs> yeah we're not figured out yet but i sent in a uh, music uh to you guys too in an email to see uh if you want to play it during the break so check it out we'll get right. to
1: it yeah we'll get to
8: it all right all cool. right have a good night all right y'all have a good night
0: peace i didn't even know what that was <laughs> i know yeah i think shanna and it's a couple other people are trying to put together a big like outdoor get together. I I suggested Nelson Ledges, renting out like a camp area where we could set up a stage and have crafts and have karaoke.
1: Yes, crafts. I'd yes. love to do
0: crafts. Yeah. All the fun stuff we do at camp. <laughs> that would be fun. I, I would love to do something like that. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight?
9: Hello, this is Marla.
0: What's up, Marla? How's it going?
9: It's going good. I'm calling all the way from Dallas, Texas tonight.
1: Oh, I like Dallas. We love it. We're Dallas fans here.
9: That's awesome to hear because I don't hear that a lot. Most people don't know anything about Dallas or just talk shit on Texas generally.
1: Brett loves Dallas. I mean, Brett lived there for a while. So so he he actually really likes Dallas. I've been like three times and, and I really liked it there too.
0: Yeah, it left a lasting lasting impression on me for sure. There was so much good music that came through, so many fun places, so much outdoor shit to do.
1: Yeah, because it, it's comfortable outdoors yeah. at some times of the year. Right. Yeah. So, so what's up, Marla? What's going
3: on?
9: Uh, I'm just calling to talk about. You know, I'm I'm one of these uh, unemployed people. I lost my job uh, over a year ago when COVID first hit, and. I'm one of those people that is sitting pretty on unemployment and has been for a year. So and I, I don't want to go back to work because the working conditions are so horrible.
0: So you are actually the who they're addressing in the passive aggressive notes that the business owners are putting on the door.
9: Yeah, yeah, that's me, absolutely. I'm I'm not going to the, the minimum wage in Texas is 7.25 an hour. I'm not going to go work for that. Despicable.
1: Yeah, they have to. They're. I mean, we have to force them to raise the goddamn price. Uh, uh pay. That's how you get people to come back to work. Want to come back to work? What were you doing before?
9: <laughs> uh, well, I wasn't in. I was in a different kind of of service sector. I'm. I'm a stripper. I worked in a strip club for a couple of years before COVID hit and shut everything down for me. Right, you oh, can't
0: really do that. Yeah. That's your profession. You can't yeah, that's that's not safe to do. Yeah, you
1: can't do that during COVID. That seems like impossible to do during COVID.
9: It it is impossible, and that's you know part of why I haven't worked in the club in over a year is because I hear all my coworkers coming with horror stories about you know there's no mask enforcement and their customers still putting dirty dollar bills in their mouth to try to tip them and oh. trying to put their mouths on them. I mean it's a horror show, and and in Texas you got some real you know the wild wild west of clubs out here in terms of of rules and enforcement. I I, I worked at a club where there wasn't even a bouncer. So if somebody was acting up, you'd have to fight them personally.
1: Fuck, that sounds horribly Shit. I mean, were you pretty tough? Did it make you pretty tough?
9: I mean, you have to be tough to yeah. survive in that environment. To to deal with, you know, a hundred different drunk, aggressive customers a night. You know, you 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 have to learn how to fight in heels. You have to learn how to how to hold your own.
1: That is, yeah. I mean, I never really thought about like. I, I don't think I would have ever thought that a strip club wouldn't have a bouncer at, at the at the minimum, like a a, a some big person there to uh, uh get the get the dudes in line. Cause like I, I used to go in my twenties like a decent amount and uh uh those places get pretty rowdy at times. They 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 do get a little nuts. I mean, I have to I mean, what is like the ratio to like really rowdy climbing, stepping over the line guys and guys that are terrified? Cause I fall on the guys that are terrified side. I was like scared the whole time. I didn't want to offend, you know,
9: see, those are the men that come out, uh, on the weekend nights. I worked a lot of, uh, Tuesday afternoons. I worked a lot of Mm. midday Wednesdays. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to, to deal with, uh, the, the Friday night crowds are the crowds that really scared me.
1: Yeah, that does. I mean, those are the wild. That's the, that's the wild times for sure.
9: Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of money to be made in it. You know, people, a lot of women like myself will put up with really bad working conditions because there is a lot of money to be made in the strip club. I mean, when I was working right before COVID, I could always have a reliable, you know, $500 night, almost every single night. Yeah. So to go from that to, to no income at all. And, and there was a lag time between, you know, the loss of my income and the time that unemployment kicked in. So I'm one of the lucky ones that I got on unemployment and, and, you know, I'm, I'm fine for now, but it's still a fraction of what I was making before COVID. Gosh. And the whole reason I haven't gone back is because I know that the conditions have only gotten worse. You know, customers know that we're struggling. Customers know that it's been a rough year for all of us. So a lot of people are really trying to take advantage of that.
2: Oh, God.
1: God. I didn't even think about that kind of thing where it's like they know that you need money, so they're going to be fucking pricks, you know?
0: Um, uh, 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 hey, also, Marla, I'm sorry. I know that this is uh, Prol Peach from Twitter. Okay. Um, I, you, she was supposed to call in, and I me- it got messed up, but uh, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it.
9: Yeah, it's good to talk to you guys. I've been uh, listening in this whole night. So it's uh it's it's nice to to speak to y'all.
0: Yeah. Uh so so like what is so in Texas is it just there there are no COVID rules anymore? There's no protocols in place?
9: It really depends on the club and on management. Like I said earlier, I work in, you know, the wild wild west of clubs out here where you don't really have bouncers you know the the managers kind of double as bouncers but the clubs here in texas i mean there's the size of a macy's department store you know it's huge you have over a hundred strippers working per night up to 150 strippers working per night on the weekends and hundreds of customers coming throughout the club i mean when i say it's the size of macy's i'm talking two stories you know it's housed in like a warehouse type of situation so when you're working in an environment like that, and you don't even have so much as bouncers to be able to deal with rowdy customers, you know, you, you have to be tough as shit in this environment and being able to step away from the club for like a year (laughs) has made me realize, you know, like, why did I have to be so tough? Like, why did I have to fight off, you know, drunk, aggressive customers every night? Like the working conditions should be better than that. And that's part of why I'm so scared to go back is because I, I realized like, did COVID make me soft? Like, did staying home (laughs) every weekend and and not working make me soft? And I I think it did. Hey, you know what,
1: though? I think it made us all, like, a little bit uh, uh, what people would consider soft because, like, I don't know, like, even just, it sounds, to me, it even sounds wild. if, If you had a perfect night where you didn't have any problems and you made a bunch of money, just even being in that, kind of situation after not doing it for a year would probably be kind of nerve wracking you know
9: yeah i think it's nerve wracking every shift you know right before covid shut everything down i was having a hard time making it into the club because the even though the money was good you know not all money is good money you know if if i'm having to fight off customers and and tell customers like, no, you can't put your mouth on me. Like, no, you can't try to like stick your fingers inside me or something, something like that. Like it's, it's a, it's a type of environment where as soon as you step away from it, you kind of look back and realize like, that's really shitty. Like that's really fucking awful. And here in Texas, I think Texas is kind of unique. Like Texas and Florida are the states that I think of when I think of like some of the worst working environments for strippers because the clubs are so big. And because the managers are so focused on like alcohol sales and like selling rooms, like the safety of the strippers just like completely falls by the wayside. And, and so we have to deal with the fallout of that uh, in the form of like a really awful working environment.
1: Right. And, and and I, I would assume also that the, the club owners probably aren't like, they're they're like not at all concerned with with like your personal safety in a way i i mean i guess they might say that they are but it's maybe the last thing on their list of concerns i guess
9: i mean some of them this is more for for the managers than the owners because the owners you know sometimes they're hardly ever there they just let the managers take control of everything and in the clubs that i have worked at there's a really strong pimp culture in the club where the managers will basically be paid off by uh, men who are like controlling the dancers or taking a cut of the dancers money um, to like watch them while they're in the club and like make sure they're hustling. And I think that kind of sounds like an obscene dynamic to people who don't work in the clubs. But as soon as you work in the clubs, you realize that like the managers don't even pretend to care about your safety like they'll openly work with like pimps and the men who are like exploiting the strippers who are working there
1: wow i I would have never even thought of that like that i i always kind of felt like like i i don't know i i'm i'm pretty naive when it comes to this stuff but like you know <laughs> i always sort of felt i well i always sort of felt like it was the 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 uh what's the word? Like you're good. I always felt like the dancers were respected in a way, but that also might be because I respect them. You know what I mean? Like in my mind, it was like, well, I, I just assume everybody kind of, I, cause I used to like back when, back when I used to go, I, I would get like lap dances and stuff and I would put my arms on the, on the uh, arm of the chair and I, literally t- i wouldn't move my hands at all like i i in my mind i can't imagine the type of dude that feels entitled to anything out of that situation you know Three, many of them yeah it's probably most of them yeah. now that i think about it you know most of the dudes are probably you know handsy and shit like that not I I mean I I just I was always afraid like a bouncer or somebody was gonna come and take me out or the woman was gonna like yell at me and then I would feel bad so I was just like uh, I'm gonna be good I'm gonna be respectful here I I always like respected like dancers and and and, and a, at those clubs I always did because I just think it's like it is like a it's a job that's like I think it's brave to do. In my opinion, because like I just think about even like I I have I have shorts that are, are have a nine inch inseam and I freak out thinking about people seeing my knees, you know what I mean? But also like <laughs> yeah, you're performing like you're actually like performing. You're putting yourself out there in a way that like I mean a lot of people are afraid to go on stage. You know what I mean? And, and like you're out there, you're doing art out there, entertaining <laughs> and entertaining people, I feel. But, um, so like, what do you think is next for you? Like, do you, do you not think you're going to go back like after vaccinations and stuff? Do you think you're probably done with it? And like, what, what, what would be like the next kind of move?
9: I'm going to go back this summer. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going back this summer because I, uh, God, there's so much money to be made in the club. I mean, I, I, I've, I've been hearing these stories from, from y'all and and your callers all night about, uh, you know, how to make ends meet and and talking about rent and landlords and, and stuff like that. And, you know, my, my comeuppance, like I come from, you know, a, a working-class uh, Latino family here in the rural Texas area, and my comeuppance was was through sex work. It was through the club. It was through um, you know making all this cash as a stripper. And so, to to try to step away from that uh, is really difficult because you you look online and you look at the job listings and it's like you know nine dollars an hour, no benefits, no set schedule, and and you 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 kind of get used to just being able to go into the club and make at least $300, you know, if rent is due, you know, next weekend, like I, I could make that if I really needed to. Um, so to try to go back to like the vanilla market is it's, it's so hard. Uh, I mean, I haven't, I haven't worked in the mainstream market and in a couple of years now, I mean, I don't, I joke about it, but like, I don't, I haven't touched my resume since like 2016, so I, I have to wonder, like, who's going to hire me after this? After being out of the mainstream market for so long, but I'm I'm definitely going back. I mean, there's I, I for me, I feel like I got to see it through to see, you know, what is it like post COVID? Like, are the conditions worse? Are they better? If if only for curiosity.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't even know what I I I don't even feel like I could forecast sort of what. Things will be like in that situation. I mean, you know, once people are vaccinated, I think like it'll take a little time, but we'll feel better in places like that, you know, but it's like you don't even really know how many people are going to to the club at this point. You know, like, have have you heard that if it's been going well, like are are people showing up?
9: I hear that it is returning in in terms of like the kind of the number of customers that are coming through the door. I hear from my coworkers that like people are coming in more, like more and more people are getting vaccinated. So they are returning to the club and they are you know returning to their jobs where they have the kind of disposable income that they can spend in the club on the weekends. But it's it seems like the conditions only ever get worse, which obviously it varies club to club. It varies state to state. Uh, the kind of working conditions that you see in the clubs, But here in Texas, here specifically in Dallas, Texas, it only seems to decline. Like the customers only seem to get worse over time. Like I started dancing in 2018 and there will always be older dancers from like who started a decade prior to me talking about the good old days and how customers never used to touch you and managers never used to work with pimps. And, you know, we used to have bouncers in this club, but suddenly they were too expensive to pay for. Like shit like that, it's like, strippers experience the kind of decline in working conditions that like every worker has experienced over the past decade or so yeah like Like, it only gets worse
0: for all of us weed guys too i mean like the price (laughs) the price has gone the prices stayed the same but the money has become worth way less
1: yeah yeah,
0: weed guy is a tough job these days. Yeah. I, I will agree. But, uh, so yeah, so Marla, um, are, what are you, are you working on anything? I know you, I know you write and things like that. Um, is there anything that you want our audience to know about, uh, sex work and, and, uh, what it means in this day and age and how they can help or support?
9: Yeah. First, I want to plug this organization uh, called Whose Corner Is It Anyway? It's an organization that's run by and for uh, poor working class uh, drug using sex workers. They have a constant GoFundMe up under their name, uh, Whose Corner Is It Anyway? And they're based out of Western Massachusetts, and they're such a perfect example of how even street-based workers, like even the kind of sex workers that we think of as like the most marginalized can still get together and like organize themselves. And this is a long-running organization. Uh, Katie Simon helps run it. And these are just like incredible people coming together to, to, I mean, move mountains with, with very little money that they get um, from the state. Like, they've been doing everything from, like, harm reduction work with, like, supplying Narcan and, like, safe syringes, stuff like that, to, like, helping, like, street-based sex workers, like, get on unemployment and, like, get their stimulus payments. Like, it's, it's the definition of, like, a grassroots sex worker organization. That's run by sex workers. Like no ulterior motives, just an organization for and by sex workers. So I, I definitely want to plug them. That's so, so people can look into that organization. Um, but for myself, I'm starting to write here. Uh, I'm actually about to start a, a Substack under my name, uh, Marla Cruz. Com, and my first piece is coming up this upcoming week. And I'm writing about how the policing of prostitution affects strippers and why we all must be for full decriminalization of sex work, full decrim of prostitution. Like I've been talking a little bit about like managers and pimps and working conditions. Um, but I think it really gets lost on people uh, how strippers are targets for police and how many prostitution raids happen in strip clubs across the country every year. And the kinds of things that strippers will get arrested for, I just want to give an example of this one club raid that happened uh, over in the neighboring city, Fort Worth, back in the summer of 2019, where there's a prostitution raid on a strip club. And the women that were arrested, they were arrested for everything from prostitution to solicitation to a law in Texas called public lewdness, which is a class A misdemeanor. And under this public lewdness law, what the dancers got arrested for was Sitting on the undercover officer's lap and drinking alcohol. Like, that's what they were arrested for. They- so, these laws are written in such a way to where police can just go in and arrest strippers for something as mundane as sitting in their laps and drinking alcohol because that's considered public lewdness in Texas. Oh, my God. Right. They closed,
1: uh, you know, now that I think about it, now that you said that, they closed a few clubs here in town because they said the police. Went in and were like propositioned, you know, but like, I remember the stories seeming like not so much that, you know, it was the club that Stormy Daniels went to Uh and the cops kept going back and getting like lap dances and then saying like, oh, you know, they, you know, I don't know. They implied that they were going to do something or something like that. So, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I mean. I, I have to imagine that the police are, I mean, they come in the club and and push their weight around, I would assume.
9: Absolutely. I said, post. yeah, I mean, I one thing that I'm writing about is how the managers in the clubs and the club owners, they often engage in like a pay-to-play relationship with local police. There was a court settlement uh, in Houston here a couple years back where the uh there are 16 different strip clubs in houston that collectively agreed to pay a million dollars a year to the uh, anti-human trafficking unit of the houston police department in order for the police department to not enforce uh, certain codes in the strip clubs such as uh the the banning of of touching between strippers and and customers like they were allowed to like bypass Certain city ordinances that were on the books, if they paid a million dollars a year to the Houston Police Department.
1: Jesus Christ, that is—I mean, I, you know, it—it's really. We have never had somebody that that strips call into the show. We've had like uh, uh, people with OnlyFans and and stuff like that. I, I, I mean, like it does. It does seem like an industry that. I mean, I'll ask you this. They often say that with UFC and and pro wrestling, that the challenge to unionizing them is that it's sort of an every man for themselves business where they're all competing with each other. So if one person does better, then another person feels they've been pushed down. Like there's a finite... Amount of spots, right is is Mm -hmm. that? Part of the challenge in in organizing like it is the is this like a super difficult? because it feels like It feels like you do have there is power, but there's always power with the workers, right? Like like Mm -hmm. what what are some of the challenges to organizing
9: I would say the number one challenge is the kind of turnover that you see in our industry. I mean, there there would be people who come into the club, you know, once a month to make some extra money. You know, they have some sort of day job uh, where they make most of their money and they're just in the club for like disposable income. So they don't see it as necessary work. They don't necessarily see themselves as, you know, the strippers who are in there for years and years and years. And that's their livelihood. And that's how they pay their bills, you know, a- every single week. So, I would say that the turnover is a huge barrier. I would also say the fact that we're, uh, we're independent contractors in the state of Texas. You know, there are certain states like California, for example, where, uh, strippers are considered employees, but here in Texas, we're independent contractors. So, it really is, you know, the clubs foster an every man for themselves kind of mentality. And even when you work in a club where there are like hundreds of customers coming through every night, you know, these are, Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, like really vulnerable women working in the club. You know, a lot of them are taking care of a lot of kids by themselves. A lot of them do have dependent, uh, you know, like extended family members that they send money back home to. A lot of, another barrier is that a lot of the dancers working here in Texas, a lot of them are immigrants. A lot of them are monolingual Spanish speaking immigrants. And so there are all these barriers that like come together to just hammer in the fact that like there are all these awful working conditions in the club and it feels like you know you're sweeping back the ocean with a broom to try to do anything about it i mean sex workers i try to get through to people that like we're just like any other type of worker you know like we are just as easy to unionize and just as difficult to unionize as you know the the kind of workers that are listening to the show right now
1: you know that makes that actually makes perfect sense i mean i I just I had wondered because organizing in the entertainment field seems like something that is uniquely difficult in that like everybody sort of feels lucky to be there, and I gotta imagine if you're bringing in five hundred dollars a night that you have to I mean, there are probably a lot of people doing it that just are happy to be there that are feel lucky to be there,
9: you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really true. And there are a lot of workers uh, that are in the clubs that, you know, they're younger, they're 18, 19, 20. So a lot of them, you know, they, they're still developing their politics. You know, they're still developing a, a framework of of how they see their work and how they see, Uh, their livelihoods, you know, if they have any sort of political ideas about the way that they make money and the way that they pay their bills, because a lot of them don't, you know, a lot of them are young and and haven't really taken the time to, to think about it that much. And so that's, that's part of the barrier of trying to have these conversations with other dancers in the club is that you're, you're speaking to a lot of apolitical people, who are just there to you know they're not really there to talk to other dancers they're just there to hustle and make their money and go home
1: right they're paying their bills they're not like they're not in the position that like somebody at mcdonald's would be in where they don't have the money it is very hard to tell somebody or it might i i can imagine it would be difficult to 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 uh get somebody to understand that you know it could always be better you know like if you're making a lot of money it you you prob- they probably a lot of people just tend to think like hey you know um I make a lot of money. this is great. I can buy whatever i want i i i I'm not being uh exploited or anything like that i i am uh uh by my boss not i don't I'm not saying sex work is inherently exploitive. I'm saying that like in the same way that everybody is exploited by their boss, it's probably a lot harder to get somebody to see that they're being exploited when they're able to make their rent. And have some left over, and aren't struggling for money, you know,
9: yeah, absolutely, and being in the club, working as a stripper it's it's a dynamic where it's either feast or famine, you know you're either walking out of the club between with between like five hundred to a thousand dollars a night, like in a good season, or you're walking out of the club in debt to the club because we have to pay to work every night. And so if we don't make that money back while we're in the club, like we're indebted to the club and we have to make that money back if, if we want to keep working there. So when, when you have like good seasons and bad seasons, I think people convince themselves, you know, even if the working conditions are bad, even if they're walking out of the club in the red every night, even if, you know, there are no customers in the club and they're fighting with management and, and management is just like up their ass about following the rules in the club. Like, people still will always try to say like, oh, well, next week will be better. You uh-huh. know, it it always gets better. So next week will be better. Even if it's really fucking bad, everybody always says, well, next week will be better. And a lot of the times they're right. A lot of the times, you know, next week will be better. And uh-huh. so they they kind of oscillate back and forth between being really pissed off about how fucked up working in the club is. And then just being like, oh, well, I made, you know, $800 tonight, so it's fine. I'm going home and going to sleep. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, if you make $800 one night in a week, you're you're probably doing okay, you know? Um, Do you mind me asking, like, what you have to pay the club? Like, you don't have to give exact it- numbers or anything, but what kind of, like, ballpark area would you have to pay a club?
9: Yeah, I can be specific the first home club that i worked at for almost 2 years the base uh payment to the club it was $25 up front to work in the club and then you had to tip out the dj the manager and what's called a house mom which is basically just a woman manager that uh keeps up with like the dancers in the dressing room okay. so 25 plus 30, you're looking at $55 every time that you're working in the club. And that's on the low end. Like I worked at a club with pretty low house fees. And so every night, $55, that's what I owed the club up front. But for example, if I wanted to leave early, I had to pay, you know, $20 for every hour that I wanted to leave early. Or if I sold a a VIP room that night, then I was expected to tip more because they see you making more money so the more money that you make, the more that they're going to pressure you into tipping them out more, even though that's illegal. That's incredibly illegal to do that to independent contractors. Like by law, you can't force people to to tip out like the managers and stuff like that. But they do it anyway because if you don't give them a cut of your money, like you get fired. Right.
1: What are you gonna do? What? What? I mean, are you gonna go to the police or whatever? Like they don't care. You know? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That is, yeah. I mean like starting out $55 in the hole and, there, and and I'm correct to assume That there's no hourly rate
9: <laughs> <laughs> That's true that's, that's true There's no hourly rate I
1: mean I sort of feel like Well I guess it's like that with Uber though too I was going to say I sort of feel like they should have to pay you At least the tipped minimum wage You know, so you're bringing Something in I mean I I wonder, like, what? I mean, do clubs make good money? I guess it sounds like. <laughs> I just sounds like the clubs are making a ton of fucking money. Yeah, it's
0: like the yeah. most yeah. well, industries.
9: It it is the casinos. I mean, the, money, the, club... <laughs> the clubs. True. Uh, the clubs here where I work, they make most. I don't want to say most because, you know, it's, it's a cash business. There's a lot of money laundering going on in these clubs. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's difficult to find a, a solid number on paper, but the club that I worked at, uh, they made almost 5 million in alcohol sales in one year alone. And that's just off alcohol that that doesn't have anything to do with how the money that they got from the dancers that doesn't have anything to do with the money from the VIP rooms sold, which is separate from the alcohol sales. So there are millions and millions of dollars going through these clubs each year here where I work. And, and they're just gouging the strippers for everything, you know, at every turn from the house fee to the tip out to everything.
1: Do they charge you for drinks too?
9: Some clubs you have to, uh, you have a drink quota of a minimum number of drinks that you have to sell to the customers. And if you don't make that quota, that's part of the debt that you owe the club.
0: Wait, one more time.
9: In some clubs, you have what's called a drink quota. So you have to sell a certain number of drinks to the customers in the club. And if you don't sell that number of drinks, then that's part of the debt that you owe the club.
1: I always, I actually
9: always wondered why
1: they would ask for like drinks. Yeah, because it was like, well, I mean, because I, I remember thinking drinks must be code for private dance. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so like like some magnanimous guy, I would say, no, you can just get a drink. I, I don't need a dance. You know what I mean? And but then it turns out they were just probably trying to sell actual drinks. You know?
9: <laughs> yeah, so some of them have quotas.
1: I, I would so, so
9: just buying a drink like that does, that isn't, you know, obviously like ideally for every stripper, you know, they're selling VIP rooms every night, but even just selling the drinks is, is part of the expectation of us working there that we got to sell drinks too.
1: Wow. So I am, bl- I'm mind blown by all of this stuff and I hope you call more uh marla i would we would love to hear from you more often and the next time we'll get you on quicker we won't make you wait on hold and stuff um i i just followed you on twitter it's pro peach on twitter and uh uh thank you so much for calling and is there anything else we can point people in a direction of uh
9: i just want to plug my upcoming sub stack one more time that's marla cruz Dot substack.com I'm coming out with my first piece this week about how the policing of sex work affects trippers and why we gotta support the full decrim of sex work but yeah just find me on twitter at pearlpeach.com and I will absolutely come back uh, once I'm back in the club maybe next month
0: hell yeah, yeah we'd love to hear what's going and, on and all uh, uh, um,
1: you do realize you have to write one article about cancel culture every two weeks when you're on <laughs> substack I'm just letting you know that.
9: Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the, the terms and conditions when you sign up. <laughs>
1: yeah. Thanks for calling, Marla. It was great to meet you.
9: It was great talking to you guys.
0: Have a good one. Have a good night. Oh, that was a good call. Yeah. I, I biffed that so bad. What she said the name because guys, I didn't check the list of people that were supposed to call. Oh, well, she didn't seem mad at you. No, I know she wasn't. Uh, but uh uh, let's get another call in Uh, all right, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, is this me?:
1: This yeah, is you. you. Who's
0: this?:
10: Well, this is uh Matt from Memphis again. What's up, Matt? How's truck driving school? so uh i I actually called him because I have an update on uh trucker school. Okay, how is it? Or, or what's going um, on? So they actually washed me out of the program oh. uh, because apparently uh like six days of going from zero experience to uh passing your CDL is is a little fast. Um but upside of that is that uh that I don't have to work for this specific company that uh gave me like 5 grand worth of training uh for for free and paid me for it and uh
1: yeah, everything's come up millhouse pretty much. Oh, so now you can just get a trucking job and you're already trained and everything, but you can still get a trucking job now? Yeah, I mean Giant. pretty much like I
10: I can I can find another c- company to uh finish out my my training and get my CDL through that will actually pay me more money. Nice. Which seems pretty dope. Uh so yeah like i if anyone wants to get their cdl this, this is my my scam advice to them is go somewhere and then be shitty enough that they <laughs> fail you out of the program did you ever get to drive the this truck is, yeah a bunch of times man uh it, it was a little terrifying uh at first like these these trucks, the ones I was driving, have ten different gears that you have to go through, Jeez. and the first five of them, the fastest you're going to go is ten miles per hour. Fuck. And and you have to get it down to the that first five gears anytime you stop, and you have to get up to the the higher gears anytime you're trying to get moving. So it's it's a lot of stuff you gotta do
1: apparently these motherfuckers can't make an automatic uh, transmission
10: like what's going on here well like that's 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 kind of a new thing is a lot of companies are switching over to uh automatic transmissions now but if you only train with the automatic transmission then you have a restriction on your license ah. that says you can only drive the automatic so you like you kind of want the skill so you have you know the opportunity to go wherever the hell you want to go uh as far as driving goes
0: It's a floor um, sh- it's like a floor shifter you're like rowing through 10 fucking gears yeah and every time you shift you got a double clutch so you got to you're not just
10: going straight into the gear, you're going into neutral and then going into the gear that you want to go into. Oh, so it's, I got a, question. It's a lot of:
1: I, I have a technical yeah, yeah. question for you. How much of a bitch is it to back those things up?
10: <laughs> it
1: sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the worst part oh, there.
10: Man, like the coolest feeling I ever had, though. Uh, in this trucker school experience, is, um, I didn't so much like the trainer that I had initially. Like, he was kind of a dickhead in a lot of ways that were inadvertent, but like, just rubbed me the wrong way, like, right out the gate, uh, um, let me know that, uh, me having my, my hammer and sickle badge on my uh Yushanka hat which was important to have because it was snowing the first three days I was down I was up there in Wisconsin. Uh but uh yeah he was like do you have another
3: hat? Uh
10: and I I I knew things were gonna go bad pretty much from there and then like just dude was unloading a bunch of misogyny and homophobia and stuff. Like every time we got in and out of the truck, he'd say bullshit. Like ladies first.
8: <laughs>
10: yeah. As if that was like a super clever and funny thing Yeah, that, that he'd come up with. Or like any time, like someone talked about a car or a truck. He'd be like, oh, I didn't know you had a husband. (laughs) Like like that was like some cute joke that he brilliantly invented. And I kind of called him out for it. Like he gave me his number and I'd gotten surveys from the company and stuff about how things were going midway through the training. And I wanted not about to snitch on him there because I just don't believe in snitching. But I did like send him some feedback on like, hey, like maybe don't do that going forward, man. Uh, but yeah, as as far as the the training goes, like it it was uh pretty cool when I I got driving with a guy that wasn't this person, because uh, we just talked about unions and stuff the whole time. Nice. And, like, how awful it is that, like, trucking now has all this nanny state bullshit, like, which I'm sure, like, there's good and bad about, like, but it's Back in the day, you didn't have a camera pointed at your face that was constantly recording you and all these sensors uh on you a- anytime you have to do anything that the sensors say is bad uh to avoid an accident or whatever. And like it, it, I I very much liked Bob uh, my my uh, trainer that that was cool that I had for a few days, did not so much like Russ. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, if anyone's interested in trucking, definitely go to a program and make them fire you. That sounds is, is great. My, my street fight advice. I love it. That uh, sounds great. then you get the training for free. And you don't have to commit two years of your life for driving for a company that's probably going to be obnoxious.
3: Yeah, yeah, well. and
10: yeah. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna name drop a company I was talking positively about a couple weeks ago when I called in. But if if y'all will allow, I will. Name drop a company disparagingly. Okay, go for it. Yeah, ra- rail transportation. Bunch of nerds,
1: jerks, and nerds. Oh. And well, I'll never do business with them. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you know ne- we will never do business with them. Well, there Matt, we go. Got. Got on the street fight shit list, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. They're busted. But uh uh thanks for thanks for calling in. We we have to get we got fifteen minutes yeah, from, yeah, so we gotta we'll get go to the next call. Thank, thank y'all so much for getting me in. Hey, thanks for calling. Have a good night. You too.
0: Peace. Bye. Bye bye. bye. All right. Last call. Last call. This. This evening, I took the call—the one that ends them all. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight?
11: Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh, Who's yes. this? Oh my god, that's okay. Um, I feel kind of guilty because I'm a very recent listener. Oh, well, um, I
1: thought you were gonna- listen. You know, what's good about that is I thought you were going to say I felt kind of guilty because I'm a very racist listener. So no, <laughs> recent I, I sounds good. I'm
11: that guy's truck driver uh, instructor, and I just feel really bad. I treated him so terribly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you no, know, I'm just kidding.
1: the funny thing about like the, the when he was saying like, you know, you got a camera pointed in your face. It's like, yeah, you also used to be able to just fucking load up on speed. They called it white line I fever, did- and it sounded sweet.
11: I just thought he was going to do a Jeffrey Tubin attack of like, yeah, we used to jerk off while trucking all the time. Cause that's just like a, what I assumed truckers did, but they have to anyways. jerk
1: off while they're they have to 100% a hundred percent for sure. They of jack off. Yeah. 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 They still wear those um, headsets. But- you know what I mean? That's the weirdest thing to me is like, uh, my, uh, brother-in-law is a truck driver. And he pulled up yesterday in a in a Toyota Prius with one of those stupid trucker headsets on. And I was like, me and my daughter, like, really made fun of him. Who? <laughs> uh, my brother-in-law. Just Why? I guess he was still that's wearing right. it like from work. Like,
11: leather jacket on, like, a tricycle or something. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, it was funny. Uh, so what's up?
11: So um, I actually, for the first time in, like, a year... I hung out with a group of new people last night and I was like completely manic, like I was finally vaccinated and I was like, oh great, I'll socialize. And I was like talking too loud, being inappropriate, but I told a story that I don't often tell because I kind of hate when people are like, oh, you know, I helped an old lady across the street and made some food, like when people just want a whole bunch of attaboys. Uh-huh. So, uh, I, I used to work. So I've had like kind of a like labor intensive jobs. Like I was a bike messenger. Um, which, you know, I got hit by cars a lot and I live in Chicago and I worked as a vet tech for a while and that's like a really physically intense job. And I got attacked by a dog and had like kind of bad PTSD and I was like, okay, I'm going to try an office job because it seems easy as shit. So I got an office job, um, doing FMLA, like family medical leave and I was kind of stupid going into it. Cause I didn't think about how I was going to be working for the companies who were going to like, obviously want to deny all the people. So I was working for a company whose client was like to be non-specific. Cause I'm pretty sure I signed something that said I wouldn't do this, but it was like the most hated cable company will go within the Midwest. Comcast And they hated, <laughs> yes, it was really comcastic. And, um, They so FMLA is unpaid leave that's guaranteed at a federal level and changes per state. And I was working there and I just realized, like, they wanted us to deny whenever we could. And so once I realized that I couldn't do this damn job because the propaganda there worked so well, like during training, they'd be like, migraines are impossible to like prove that you're not happening. Like you can get a CT scan and still have migraines. So a lot of people will claim they have migraines and people would oh. be so resentful about people trying to get off work, but not get paid. They just didn't want to lose their insurance. Oh god. And so I didn't see why people wanted to deny people all the time. Like they would be like, Oh, this guy's claiming he's too depressed to work. And I'm like, yeah, he probably is. His his job sucks. Everyone hates his company. And like, just to prove he's not getting any money out of this anyway. And like, we had a sheet that said, like, if someone threatens suicide, this is what you do. And I was like, this job is soul-suckingly horrible. So I I was there for like a couple months and I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to get as many people leave as I can and then I'm just going to like bounce. This is horrible. (laughs) So. I would be on the phone with people who would just like be one word off from being able to get leave. Like I think it was Pennsylvania. If you're a victim of domestic violence, you have like a, you have like 30 days off work to get like medical treatment and find a new apartment away from your abuser. And then you're done unless you have to appear in court. You get like three more months or something. And this girl was on the phone with me. She was like so upset. She'd gone through this horrible ordeal and she couldn't find an apartment. She was like, I need to get to the shelters early enough but I can't lose my job because I'll lose my insurance. And I had to say on the recorded line, like, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. And then I would immediately get up from my cubicle and go into like an empty conference room and call her on my cell phone and just be like, call back or I'm gonna call you back to confirm something and just say, I have to go to court. <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: like, oh, that's to incredible, for-. bravo.
5: That is, a-, is a They not
11: confirm it and they can't. And like for just anyone listening, Never sign a release to let them talk to your doctor for FMLA. I don't know disability as well, but for FMLA, if you don't sign the release, like HIPAA laws say we can't call your doctor. So you can say like, I have a unicorn growing out of my head, like a unicorn horn, and I need it removed. And if a doctor signs that paper, it's fine. So if it looks suspicious, we might like pressure you to sign a release. And then the doctor will say, yeah, no, that's made up. I They forged my signature but you can get away with a whole lot with like the major companies and that job was terrible and I quit and then COVID happened. So that was great, but I'm not like actively like getting scolded for not screwing people over anymore. So, well, That's it's a bit of a benefit, but
1: it's actually interesting. You know, one of the first things you said on a call was really was was really funny to me because I had your same inclination about an office job. I had been working, you know, blue collar jobs and then uh, yeah. a lot of service industry work. And I, and, and I just said, you know what? My dream is an office job. I just want to go to a place and sit down. That's all I cared about because I had just, you know, my body was already breaking down when I'm like 25, you know, I'm just exhausted. So uh, I finally get an office job, which is a call center. And it was the same exact thing. It was just getting screamed at all day. And it was like,
11: I would. It's so easy too, though. Like like the work is you don't have to work that much. And when you're working, like I've, I've worked in restaurants, bike messenger and vet tech and like you're on your feet all the time you're never not working and in an office i'm like my work is all done by two so i just started sleeping in my cubicle i would like <laughs> hang my coat and i would because all my work was done because i'm used to having to work all the goddamn time and then i got this job and my partner i would come home i used to come home from vet med and like he'd be like how was your day and i'll be like well this is we amputated a dog's leg and then last night i really inappropriately told this group of new people that we used to take the labial trimmings from dogs and, like, form them into a heart and, like, send it to the Valentine and stuff. Like, oh, like what the fuck? Weird, tough. Oh, God, yeah. that Med is, like, the darkest and most fun and saddest. And, like, the suicide rate's really high and it's really complicated, but really fun. Okay. Um, but, yeah, and, like, FMLA, I was like, yeah, I know medical note-taking. I'll go into this. This is super easy. And then it was super easy, but I was just, like, screw it. Like, literally, one guy was crying because he was about to lose his job, and I had to get permission from my manager to call his boss just to confirm that everything was fine or he was going to get fired. And my boss said I couldn't do it. And I was like, well, what's she going to do? And so I went into the conference room, called on my cell phone and asked his boss to call my extension and just say like, hey, I just wanted to confirm blah, blah, blah. And so he kept his job. It was just, and it it wasn't like I was some hero at all. Like I didn't want credit for it. I just like mentioned it in passing. And they were like, you should call it a street fight. I was like, what street fight? So I spent the whole day today listening to y'all's old episodes. And I was just like, oh, this is cool. And then my internet punked out, and I was like, "Well, I'll just call it, and so I can listen to it on the phone." And so yeah, this worked out. Anyways, you guys are dope as hell. I really like this podcast.
0: Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, you're amazing. You're yeah, you're already street fight. When I worked uh, when I worked uh, doing collections and Discover Card, uh, they put me on the over limit team, and there'd be somebody that would have a thousand dollar credit limit and a five thousand dollar balance, and every single month they would get a thirty five dollar over limit fee. So once I got Not fed bad. up and started hearing about like people's impossible situation and like all these credit cards that were opened up by like parents that didn't tell their kids and, and they're on the hook for it. Or there's like husbands would open them up and and in, in their wife's name and then they get a divorce and it's all on her. So what I would do is I would say you set up like five years of payments with me of $10 a month. And what I'm allowed to do technically in the system is if I schedule a payment I can credit you back an over-limit fee. So if you pay me 10, I will take a $35 over-limit fee off. You know? And then if there's oh any extra God. money you can throw at it, that'll take the balance down. But at least we can reverse the last fucking five years of over-limit fees.
11: Yeah, yeah, I that, mean. I'm gonna try and use that like immediately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that is no, the boot. No, I've been
11: unemployed for a year. That sounds awesome. <laughs>
1: How much longer do you yeah, have like, left? It, are are you like running um, up against it? What What's your plan for after uh, uh, the unemployment?
11: Well, my partner is a veteran and he's a hilarious veteran. I overheard him on the phone with his mom the other day going, and it's fucking bullshit. These veterans keep voting for people who don't give a shit about them because he's <laughs> uninsured and I'm uninsured. And like, I have like bad kidneys and I have a kidney stone right now. And it's just like, I'm mm. just like pretending that's not the case. Cause I can't, I'm not going to the fucking hospital. Like, the last time I did, I had insurance and I ended up with six grand in debt. Like I'm not going now. <laughs> so I'm just like trying to figure it out. Might go back to vet med part time. When I say I got attacked by a dog, it was like pretty bad. Like be nice to dogs. Though. It wasn't dog fault. All dogs are great. Blah, blah, blah. Dogs are great. Adopt a dog. But, um, yeah, it was, it's, I'm figuring it out. I'm, I might go back part time. Uh, you know maybe rob a bank i i don't really know but <laughs> he's got options. we we've got money from the va a little bit so that kind of helps but not much chicago's expensive and uh and yeah and I, like i got to do street medic throughout the year cuz like it was nice to treat people who weren't trying to bite me that was like a first for me okay. and i and i had like a little bit of medical experience but yeah just figuring it out um Uh, Just getting like radicalized on Twitter, like to an aggressive degree, like, well,
1: it's been pretty good. Let me let, let, let's do this first. We'll get your Twitter thing, but uh, also I make, I will follow you on Twitter when we, we are going to perform in Chicago sooner than later. Right, Brett? I mean, there's just fucking no way we're not going to, it's, it's our, driving distance big city and we'll get you in for free we'll get you on the list and stuff and you can come in and hang out i i would love to meet you uh what you did was fucking awesome
11: i would love that and hey shout out to jp and all of his friends i met last night and made uncomfortable who were like Come on the street fight to love that story <laughs> they didn't mean the labia story but i managed to get it on here anyway so that's
3: but, cool too that hey was, i,
1: I like the labia story yeah. i was a big fan of that yeah. well uh what's your twitter name
11: yeah um, it's don't like sour and my tweets aren't good. So don't expect anything good.
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to expect the best, but, uh, thanks for calling in. That was, writing that was really great. And, uh, uh, I, I appreciate you calling in so, uh, and, and giving yeah. us a chance. It's really cool. Thanks. Thanks for calling.
11: Yeah. Thanks guys.
1: Have a good have night. Have a good night. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good one. Peace. I, f- I followed her. Uh, she will get into our our Chicago show free. Uh, hey, Chicago people, don't get crazy about it. We still have other stuff in the way before we can do shows. But Chicago's, you know, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Columbus, Detroit. You know, if you're in one of those places or or down in Kentucky, you're you you might get a street fight show fairly soon. We're ready to see your bright, shiny, beautiful faces again.
0: Uh, Thanks for listening to Street Fight. If you want to remember, the, sh- the music was House of Teeth. You can find them on Bandcamp. Follow Peach Pro, Follow Don't Like Sour um, and anybody else that called in. Great show. We appreciate all the information. Hope you all have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Wednesday. We're Street Fight. Peace.